0: broadcasting live this is kma talk radio life liberty and the pursuit of fine cigars with your hosts honest abe and adam k the brewmeister listen to the show anywhere in the free world at kmatalkradio.com i like the smoke
1: them like
2: the church like a
1: My big cigar. cigar. Loyal listeners, libertarians, lovers of the leaf, everyone out there in Facebook land, welcome to another exciting edition of KMA Talk Radio on this the first day of August in the year 2020. And once again, 2020, please go and F yourself.
3: Because you know what?
1: Yeah. Because we really needed a hurricane right about now in South Florida. Even though, despite the fact that I looked out this morning, it was gorgeous. It was a lovely day, not a cloud in the sky, but you know what? That's uh, the clouds before the, the, the uh, bright before the storm, as they say. The calm? Calm before the storm, sorry, yeah. Yes, sorry. I was, uh, <laughs> was, uh, yeah. With the me as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Honest Abe.
0: Good morning,
3: everybody.
1: And of course, live from New York, still in his mother's basement, it's Paul DeGracco.
3: Mother-in-law's basement. All right,
1: mother-in-law's basement. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yes, because your mother's house doesn't have good Wi-Fi.
3: Yes, uh, that's true. And my mother doesn't have a basement. Their their water table is too high. Their house doesn't have a basement. Ah. If you if you want to know the details. So basically, you're telling me there's a
1: differentiation in certain areas of Long Island to where the water table differs to where you can and cannot have a basement.
3: Yeah, when they when they uh, were putting a fence in at my parents' house, digging for the posts. They had to bring in pumps because the the holes fill with water when you when you dig the holes for the fence. So that that's how much how much water is directly underneath their house. Probably why it got flooded in Sandy.
0: Not not to interrupt this <laughs> incredible conversation you're having here, but you know, Paul typically when he starts to call and calls us up, he's always hatless, but then always manages to put a hat on before the show starts. Yeah. And did you did you realize that you didn't put a hat on or do you not have it because you're freaking everybody out?
3: I lost um, I lost a hat. I, I can't wow. find it. So I, I knew I it was gonna be a, a problem. Hat. I I don't I know. Dude, I'm in different houses every every other day. So it, it you know. And my wife's commenting that I'm a slob, which is awesome. Thank you. Also true, uh, yes. So uh, I can't find it anywhere. Who knows? I'd I'd like to blame the children. I think
0: think we should have Steph host one Saturday. I think that's a bad idea. I think that's a great idea. First of all, she wouldn't do it. Are you kidding me? I'm going to reach out to her. I think think for the right bottle of wine, she would definitely do it. Oh.
3: That might be true.
0: I think for the right bottle of wine... Stephanie would definitely host a KMA episode. It could be one of the most interesting episodes of 2020. <sighs> yeah, that, I, I, I know, know that I you'd get more viewers.
3: That. At least all the guys that are in the the in virtual lounge, they always ask to see my wife and my mother in law. Apparently, which is a <sighs> weird, a weird thing that that they always ask. I think it's Quintin. Quentin, if you're watching, I think it's you that always asks to see my mother in law. It's very well, Quint- weird.
0: Quinton is a little bit of a horn dog. <laughs>
3: Not, not much to do in... Uh, where is he? K- Kentucky? Kentucky. Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky. You can go walk the uh, bourbon trail. What are you talking about? He's got a lot of stuff to do. Well, you can't do that every day. I mean, maybe you could, but a normal human being that needs to function in daily society, that'd be difficult to do. <laughs>
1: hey, you can go watch the ponies. They can go... You,
0: uh, this, is, staples. this is a very weird KMA morning. First, I got Paul without a hat. Then I got Adam with some kind of fluffiness, airiness that he's got going. Like, like he washed his hair for the first time in twenty years.
1: Hey, <laughs> he used I mean, a different do you conditioner. you see the
0: conditioning and the the body that's in those bangs this morning. Go ahead, just fluff it back once for us. Go ahead. Look at look, look at look at that rollback. <laughs> look at the rollback. Look at this. What is going on this morning? I feel like I'm in an episode of The Twilight Zone.
1: I, I I'm, I'm like. I'm getting a haircut next weekend, but it probably should have been this weekend. I probably pushed it a little too long. It's a little too long at this point.
0: Did you use some like brand new conditioner or something? No, I've been conditioning a lot recently. Because normally your your bangs just like hang in this oily, wet state most of the time, you know, gel or whatever. But you got like some fluff and body going. Look, I could see the hair blowing in the wind. I mean, you got some, you got something going on there this morning.
1: Yeah, it's just it's at that
0: length now where it's just really just starting to do stuff. That's Man. where we're at. Interesting yeah. show. Interesting. Mm-mm. Yeah. So Paul, is anybody bringing in any of your patio stuff while you're gone, or are you just gonna let that blow in the wind this weekend?
3: <laughs> no. The, so all my stuff is in in the house. So or like in the um, in the lanai, and it's all kind of tucked tucked away in the lanai. So I'm not really you, worried like, that it's gonna, it gonna it blow You like tuck it on purpose
0: around. in case you had a hurricane come while you were gone.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't leave stuff in the yard when we're not there. You don't have
0: furniture out there or anything? I do.
3: We do put furniture out there, but I brought it all into the lanai. So I I think it'll be fine. I mean, if not, the worst it's going to do is is break a screen in the lanai, which is easily replaced. Mm -hmm. So I'm not not super worried about it. Stop. I feel like you're trying to get me, like, anxious about this. Oh, no, not at all. It it is what it is. Don't worry, Paul. It'll be fine. Is it a Category 1? Because yesterday I saw that it was moving to a 2, or or that's not going to happen now.
0: It still hasn't hit. Puerto Rico is hitting it now or soon, but that's going to bust it up a little bit. I just love the news. I'm watching the news last night. I I swear all media makes me sick. This (laughs) This guy was basically orgasming on the air, talking about the hurricane. Like, literally, it's NBC, local NBC. Oh, we got a hurricane coming. Oh, look at this. And he's getting, like, all excited and stuff. And then it's going to hit the 10,000 feet mountains of Puerto Rico. And I just love how they use, like, Puerto Rico like nobody lives there, right? We got this great island that's going to break it up for us before it hits the mainland of Florida. Like, nobody lives there, right? It's just like this this island of mountains that's good for Florida because it's going to break the hurricane up before it gets to our shores. They always do the same thing with Cuba, too, because they say – well, just the mountains of Cuba—it's really going to lose a lot of
1: speed and a lot of wind shear. It's going to break it up.
0: Yeah, you know, not—not not, you know, we, we we hope you know, wish the poor people of uh, Puerto Rico safety and be. No, it's like you know, hey man, their islands are going to break this up before it gets to us. I, I just find it you know amazing when they talk on the news about this crap. And I love I love when the hurricanes are disappointments, right? Like this Cat Five mm-hmm. went through; there was really nothing happened. And you get these guys, these reporters on the street, trying to make news with a fallen branch somewhere. Look at this tree on the ground, like it's a branch, dude. That came off the tree. you ever notice that afterwards? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or,
3: or the guys that are like pretending to hold themselves up from the uh, right the wind from the wind, mm-hmm. and then you just see people walking by them casually in the background, like right. This guy's like, I can barely stand in this wind. So bad, man. Look at this flooding. Of this tiny puddle here. Look at this tiny puddle of flooding. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm hoping this one will be. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of other storms off uh, on the coast of Africa though that are coming our way too, where hurricanes start. So that should be. Oh, I'm sure it's going to be the interesting. year. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't I'm it be after all this? Fire, come on. Abe, <laughs> do you wanna do you wanna talk about that little? Uh, that little trivia thing now, or you want to wait till the end of the show to bring?
0: it um, I mean, you're the producer. It's kind of your your call. Well, we were even supposed to, get on, is, call, we were supposed to even get on a call. I don't even know what it is. About
3: it. Yeah. Well, it
0: was just a, you I, know. I new... say, say do it on later in the show when we got Coop and Dylan on together and they could both partake okay. into it.
3: So we'll, we'll hang on to that later because there's a conversation. <laughs> I, I had a question for you based on that that question. So later in the show, stay tuned for. Uh, what might be a new segment of, of KMA, kind of like a little trivia thing? All of the listeners will get to uh, participate as well, so it'll be a a new fun little game. Adam's looking at us like, what what's happening? What are you talking about? No, uh, I'm trying to get my
1: cigar to stay in place. Doesn't want to sit in the rest of my ashtray, so that's the problem. A, I'm looking you need a you need
3: a cigar prop,
1: man. Apparently, yes, very much
3: so. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I guess I it's that time.
0: There we go. Oh, you We're have one there,
3: have... Wait, hold it back yeah. up. Show it.
0: I don't think you could read the logo, but it's in there.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I have one of those too from Kevin.
0: Oh,
1: so do you want to talk about Thursday, big guy?
0: Thursday. Oh, what? The Drew Estate event? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was cool. It was fun. We had a, our second virtual event. Our first one was with Steve Sackett, and we did this one with Drew Estate, which was pretty cool for us because it was the release of the, a new variation of the dogma that that you know you know there's certain landmark cigars in our career that I, like saying dogma is definitely one of them you know it was a project that uh the fine guys over at cigar dojo did with drew estate and it just was such a big hit that um they bought it back and it was released in 2014 they bought it back in 2018 there was a 2019 release and then in 2020 this last week they released it in a sun-grown version which was really really good and um uh, these virtual events are just becoming now key because you just can't have in-store events. We can't, you know, we drove by Renegades last night, um, which is by our West Palm Beach location, packed. packed oh, of course stores. it is. Always, you can yeah. see them. You can see the people in the streets. I mean, it's a country bar. Now, they must be serving food there. And they, must, they do have food. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, a country they do. bar. Packed to the gills, and meanwhile, five people can't have a cigar in my lounge. Socially distanced. I mean, it's just ridiculous. So I'm, I'm giving it another one more week. After that, I'm opening up. The um, Halsey, head of the Department of Business and Professional Regulation here in Florida, said last week that they were looking to have meetings in the upcoming weeks to strategize. The upcoming week to strategize how to reopen Florida bars. But I'm going to tell you something. If they don't reopen crap in a week, I'm opening up my places. I'm going to follow the 50% guidelines they have for retail. I'm not going to open up the bar, but we will open up the lounge again and and maintain our social distancing and our, our sanitization. And I'm just going to open up. If they're going to arrest me, they can arrest me. I mean, I'm just, I'm done with this. It's this just utter hypocrisy and it's just blatant disregard every day of my life. I go drive by my house every day. There's 30 people lined up five inches apart waiting to get to Trader Joe's. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just insanity. I'm tired of it. I mean, I think I think Americans as a whole are getting tired of it. They don't if they don't if they don't really do something soon. And you know, I'm saying to myself, I'm, you know, why why aren't these some of these politicians who really know that this, what's going on is wrong do something? It's because it's election year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they, they, don't they rock know the
0: boat. They, they know any stance they take for any kind of opening or going back to normalcy so is just going to get trumped upon by the media. And by the, you know, the other party, and, um, you know, they don't want to lose an election. I think after November, they're just not going to care what these guys are doing. People are just going to open up, but I, I can't wait till November. I mean, we're already at the point where we're working on a one-shift instead of double-shift schedule in most of our locations. My staff is cut back on hours. I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. So enough's enough. I'm giving them one more week.
3: I mean, here, the, uh, I mean, it's a little bit different in New York now, but, um, I went into a a couple of lounges here and, you know, the guys were I mean, I guess they were socially distanced because they were sitting in armchairs the, the the, you know, it's funny. I went into the cigar shop, the first cigar shop I ever shopped at alone. And it's here in in the in the town that I grew up in. And a, a funny story is the guy recognized me, but not because I used to go there all the time because of KMA. And he told me a, a fun fact about Jonathan Drew. You never answered me, Abe, when I asked you. What? Jonathan Drew and I grew up in the same town on Long Island.
0: Yeah, I did answer you. I said, that and $3 will get you a bowl of soup.
3: Oh, I just wanted to know if it was tra- I didn't know if the guy was just
0: uh, I Nobody mean, me... really cares that you grew up by Jonathan Drew. I didn't know what response
3: you wanted from me. No, it's no, no I wanted to I know if that's right. where he grew up or the guy was just, you know, blowing smoke or, you know... I don't know. ...spreading a rumor. Well, anyway... Sure. But it's funny when you go into a place that you know as like the you know the first place that you went into. It first of all, it looks exactly the same as it did. How long have I been smoking? I, you know, I've been able to go into a cigar lounge since I was eighteen, so twenty years ago, it nothing has changed. It is after going into the shops that we have in Florida, your your shops and and uh, some of Jeff's places, like. It well, is I. A complete... I keep.
0: I keep telling all. You know, people down here in Florida, they're really spoiled when it comes to... They have to no quality.
1: idea.
0: Spoiled. Mm. They are really spoiled when it comes to the level of quality cigar shops that exist in the state of Florida. You know, as far as appearance, size, you know, selection, it's it's bigger than most a- anywhere. You know, you think New York would right. be, but it's not because of the real estate. You know, that's the one thing I was shocked when I went to New York. Is, Man, these are all really small shops. Yeah, Can't afford
3: to have big shops in New York. I mean, yeah. not like the city. But in the city, they at least have, like, I, I don't know. I, I remembered this as being like a quintessential cigar shop. There's two within a mile of each other in, in the village I grew up in. But the selection, like, I, I was looking for brands of guys that we have. I mean, we have Dylan on today. Neither one of them has Davidoff. Or, or maybe well, they were out of them, but neither one of them even had Davidoff.
0: There's only 200 and some appointed merchants in the whole country, Paul. Okay, so then
3: so know. they didn't have that. They don't, they don't have any Davidoff products. That None of the boutique guys are there. I was bringing up brands. They're like, I don't know what you're talking about. It was just, it was like, it was I, a how weird big, How big was your
0: humidors? The,
3: there's there's two of the shops. One of them is just the one where you have like walls. All right. Of, so they're, they're limited
0: on linear space. Paul. Well, hold on. Have the...
3: Hold on. The other one that I went into that I spent more time in is a complete walk-in humidor. Maybe like. You know, you have in, in your Boynton Beach store, you have one, two, three. What do you have? Four rows or four oh. aisles. They had two aisles and they had no. I'm telling you, I brought up ten brands. That I know, I but you're telling like, me it's half our
0: size. That's, yeah, that's, a yeah. big, that's a big limitation. Mm-hmm. That's a big limitation on what you can carry. Look, we're limited. I don't even know how shops smaller than us do it. I mean, yeah. I'm constantly, you know, barraged with requests for brands that we just don't even have room you know, we have no room to carry stuff. That's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm excited about, you know, our new warehouse we're doing because for the online business, we can carry. Right now, our online business has been limited by our linear space, right, our linear footage and our humidors. That's where we store our cigars, you know. So having a warehouse will let us expand into some brands that we won't have on the retail oh, yeah. level, but we'll have for the web. But, yeah, I don't even know how stores with smaller humidors get by because we, we're fighting linear footage all day long.
3: Well, so and it's funny, Coop is saying most boutique brands are very, very much regional. But Coop, I'm talking like I, I was looking for. I mean, maybe because it's such a small brand, but I was looking for Dunbarton. I, I walked in and I, 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 was like, this, this place will have Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Not neither one of the stores in my in my local area had had any of Sokka's products.
0: That's the smoking spoiled experience you become accustomed to. It that. really, mm-hmm. it
3: really is. And I texted <laughs> Sokka, I said, "Who's your rep in New York? I want to." introduce him to the owners of these two shops so that, you know, they, they have your cigars. <laughs> he was almost bothered by me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like, oh, God, all right, here's the guy's name. <laughs> yep, have them, have them right. fill out a form online. I was like, okay. <laughs> but,
0: but, but yeah, I mean, go back to the virtual events. These the virtual events are, are really kind of the way to go. I mean, it's just... um. You can't do anything in store and the retail side is hurting. So being able to reach out to an audience and try to make it into some, I mean, the Jewish state event was cool. We had Jonathan and you know, I I hadn't talked to Jonathan face to face, honestly for a long time. We just both been busy. So we kind of caught up a little bit on air and um, all the guys from dojo and there were some good stories told, but it was cool because they had some really cool giveaways. And then just like, as if you were in a store, we were ma- we were able to manage to program the website to download all the orders in a weighted fashion based on how many entries you got. And we give away prizes live on the air as if, like, you're at a store to end of an event, which is kind of cool. I saw. It, it I was, was glad- cool. Yeah, I was glad we were able to pull that off. So, um, you know, that took some custom programming. But we got a couple more lined up. We got a virtual event coming up uh, with uh, Espinosa, Eric Espinosa. And we got a virtual event lined up in October with pete johnson which i'm kind of excited about i think we're gonna have some cool things going on i think it could be the first ever um uh time that the shrunken pumpkin will be available to acquire ah. oh. shrunken pumpkin interesting
3: mm. yeah
0: I, I like being interesting on a saturday morning it's kind of my job hey <laughs> not like we are throwing
1: teasers out or anything this is not coop this is a kma and guess what we are happy to throw teasers out we there.
0: Are, we are totally <laughs> teaser.
1: <laughs> we are totally We're We're teaser. We're teaser-friendly. Yes, yeah. absolutely. All right. Uh, it seems about that time. I think we should bring out our uh, special guest for this week, our meet-your-maker. Sounds about right. Uh, president of Davidoff USA, Mr. Dylan Austin. Dylan, welcome back to KMA Talk Radio, buddy. What's going on, guys? Good morning.
0: I think this is Dylan's first appearance ever on KMA as president of Davidoff.
1: That is correct.
0: It's it pretty it crazy, is. especially when you go back to the days of... Was Were you there when it was called Kariba? Did you come on board when afterwards when it was Camacho? Or were you part of that? No, gym?
4: I was... Yeah, I, I was there. I mean, it was... It was I joined... Um, it was a June 05, and we were still Caribbean imported cigars. The logo yeah. was the little Winston Churchill. Um, yeah, we didn't change the name of the
0: company until 2007. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, I remember sitting in an office and meeting Dylan for the first time. Yeah,
4: you were, you were yeah. one of the first guys that I met in the industry.
0: Wow, I'm oh, sorry. Oh. I'm, sorry. <laughs> was, I'm sorry. It was
4: interesting. Um, yeah, and I, you know, we obviously, uh, you know, had a mutual love and, and um, you know, relationship with, with Mr. South Fontana,
0: who I believe yeah. is the guy that actually introduced us.
3: Oh, so, really? Okay. Yeah, that's
0: a, so that's was a cool a story. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we have, we have, uh, in one of our uh, locations in Fort St. Lucie, we have a memorial wall for Sal. It's got basically, it's a wall of all photographs, probably going back to his, you know, 30s, you know, all the way throughout his career. And then there's an embedded video recorder that plays mm-hmm. some footage that, you know, Dylan helped make and put together kind of just, a, I don't know what you would call it, but a memorial, I guess, to Sal and some of the funniest quotes and a little interview they did with him before he passed away. So it kind of, it kind of plays yeah. it forever. Yeah, you see it the butterflies. It,
4: it was it was amazing, man, because it was it was December because he passed what in February, right? Yeah,
0: um, early in the um, year.
4: You know, it, it was just it was completely random that um, you know that the, the December previous to that, I, I grabbed a hold of him, and took him in our humidor, and just decided to you know put a camera on him, just let him run and you know, the content that came out of that. I mean, Sal was, you know, just literally full of movie lines, right? I mean, everything that came out of the guy's mouth was was basically a movie quality line. And, uh, yeah, we got, you know, probably about 20 minutes of, of edited video out of, you know, that few hours. And, I'm man, I'm so glad I did
0: it. Yeah, one of my favorite things is, you know, during the video, I, I, and right after he says it, he just looks right at the camera and smiles. It's really classic. But he talks yeah. about the two most famous predictions he ever had in his career. Okay, one
4: Cigars will never be more expensive than a dollar? Yeah,
0: if, the, if cigars are ever more expensive <laughs> than a dollar, it'll be the end of the industry. And yeah. two, the Cuban embargo won't last a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looks at this camera right after he says it, he smirks. And just smirks. Yeah. I get goosebumps <laughs> thinking about it. Great guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah before uh, we what, dive... What
4: start with, for me, too. I mean, just, you know, with, with, with that guy, I mean, I, I worked with South for, what, three, almost four years and um, it's just funny because, you know, he would come in and he'd, he'd just monopolize my time all day long. I like would just <laughs> sit at the corner of my desk and you could usually you could usually tell how long Sal had been in my office by the amount of cafe creme uh, cigarilla butts that were burning yeah. on the edge of my desk. There would be a line of probably about 10 of them,
1: you know, by the end of the day.
0: Yeah. That's that's what Sal did. I mean, Sal would come Saturdays in my shop. Belonged to Sal. Like he'd walk in, we'd have a crowd of people. He'd look at me and he'd go like this, which meant like, <laughs> let's, let's go in the back office. He wants to talk. Sit down. and talk to you for hours. But uh, yeah, no, I, missed I, I, I missed that. I missed that guy. I remember one one of
4: the one of the more amazing Sal stories to me was, you know, his, his last couple of days. And um, man, I can't remember the priest. Maybe 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 you do a uh, in- Father
0: Father H. Father H. Oh man, Father, Father H was a priest. I can't remember what city. Some uh, Kansas. Kansas City. Yeah, yeah Kansas, Kansas City. city. Was. And yeah. he had become well. Like I mean, I don't know if he's still around, but he he actually did South services. He he had become very well known in the cigar community back in bulletin board days, and he was very popular. He, I, he, I think he had a little blog site. He actually had mm-hmm. a little, he had a caricature made of himself, the Father H thing. So he had a, quite a huge following, and I, I haven't seen him or. Heard from him in years, years. But yeah, I haven't heard from him either. in a day. But yeah, Father H, yeah. go ahead.
4: So anyway, so, so we're sitting there in, in hospice with Sal, right? And, you know, Sal's, you know, a day or two out from, from passing. And, um, you know, I remember walking in there, and I, I think Marvin Samuel had just left. Um, you know, and I was there with 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 Father H. And I remember walking in, and Sal's family's all there, and there are just trays of cannolis and pasta and everything, and you know, uh, one of Sal's kids goes, "Oh man, we just got in trouble." You know, the uh, you know the folks at hospice, you know, told us this isn't a party. Um, you know, and Sal is there in bed. There's people all around him, and uh, he's on the phone giving an interview to Dave Savona. Right? You know, the guy's within probably 28 to 48 hours of, of passing, and he's on the phone <laughs> giving an interview to Dave Savona, and then takes a call from Arthur, right, and writes a $400,000 order on his deathbed. To me, that just tells you what kind of guy Sal was.
0: That is Sal. You know, that last couple of weeks, he was a couple of weeks in hospice. I'm not kidding you. His family took him out Mm -hmm. to dinner every night. Like, I, I had gone, like, really probably about four or five out of seven nights of each of the weeks. And hospice was like, they literally told him, this is not Club Med. Mm-hmm. You know what? He he's checking in and out. You know, going in and out. Like he's supposed to come here to die. He's, you know, he's checking in and out, but Sal didn't stop
4: until the very end. No, he didn't. He didn't until the last minute, and that was, uh, you know, really a testament to to who he was. Right. I mean, sixty plus years in this business. This guy loved this business, um, you know, as much as anybody could. And you know, I'll tell you what. You know, after after he passed, I mean, you know regardless of all the kind of peripheral stuff that was going on post-sale and all that, I mean, I felt, and I know you did too, I felt, uh, you know, a big hole in my heart. And, and you know, it kind of took me a while for, you know, reality to set in without South Montana around.
1: Yeah. One of my favorite stories is one of the last times Abe went and saw Sal. Uh, he came back and said, by the way, Sal told us it's going to be a price increase next week. <laughs> uh, he 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 used to say that he had a license,
4: right? And and this license applied to everything that Sal could get away with.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, you know, what, whatever whatever it was he was doing or saying, he had a license for. And that was, you know, that that's a good example. of it. <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: Now Sal Sal Fontana, because you know, we talk, we're sitting here talking about it. A lot of our listeners may not even know who he is, but Sal dedicated, you know, what. 50 years, 40 years of Six, his life, 60, 60, years, 60 years, 60 years of his life in the cigar industry. And basically it yeah. worked with Julio Aroa back in the early days, making the whole brand and company Camacho. Um, he was my first mentor in the cigar industry. He would work with uh, Christian. I don't know how old Christian was. He was a little teenager, Vinnie oh. Bopper when he first got sent over to the States. Mm. Early twenties. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I remember yeah. Sal coming to my office and goes, this kid's going to make me quit. This kid. Know, <laughs> Oh yeah. I mean And and the old
4: man quit. The old man quit via via letter.
0: And then and then, you know, Hooligan yeah
4: to bring him back. Yeah. Hooligan
0: Hooligan Barbara, had to bring him Barbara. back. Remember but, Barbara? I remember yeah. had a like, he just couldn't take it anymore. But the, you know, they ended up growing be, to be literally family and and, and, and you know, a uh, great part of each other's lives. But um yeah, I remember early on, and Sal basically, literally, walked me through the industry. Was my first mentor, and that's the brand. If anybody's ever seen the brand La Fontana cigars, um, that's what who it was named after. And if anybody out there is a baccarat smoker, there's a size called Connie's. It's in a tin, and that's that was done for his wife Connie, who passed away yeah. uh, from Parkinson's earlier uh, prior to Sal. So, um, yes, yeah, yeah. it's, it's,
4: it's amazing. Sal's brands are still running. Mm-hmm. The old man had the magic touch, man. He, he had the magic touch, and, you know, he knew exactly what channels were going to drive business and who to do business with and how to do it. And, you know, well, you know, Baccarat's very, very important to our company and, and you know, especially to, to our factory
0: in Honduras as well. Yeah, Sal was a real people's person, man. That's why. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So anyways, let, let's talk, man. We we've, we've had news over the last... While I mean, I mean, obviously I'm going to bring out the elephant in the room first, get it out of the way. But you know, what's rumors- that me,
4: me, me going into the cannabis business?
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> rumors started flaring. <laughs> rumors started flaring like a month ago. <laughs> leaving Dowdoff to start growing. Uh, I'm not babies. leaving it anywhere.
4: No, man, that's not true.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> got out there.
4: I have no idea, but I saw Sam Morales. I, I saw you know some news of Sam Morales going to to join a cannabis company uh, a couple days ago. So I don't know if that. Uh somebody confused me with him or, or what the hell's going on, but well, I mean, have no, been, I'm, I'm here.
0: There has been a series of um, pretty high level cigar executives that have left the cigar industry and, and, and gotten either into the vape or the um, CBD, CBD or yeah CBD sector um, from, from major companies. So for that news to come out, it really wasn't like it's impossible. Yeah, It didn't sound it, crazy. Did it? Right. It's not crazy, right. but it just came out of left field. I have no warning. And I've been waiting for like the last month or so, because you know this is an industry where like a lot of things are just off the wall rumor, like Rocky Patel becoming the president of Davidoff. Right? <laughs> no, that was that was a true real thing. That was a real thing. But that was like a rumor that went on mm. for like a year. But that ended up yeah. being a real thing that Davidoff, um, Peter Beninger at the time was president, right? Yeah, Peter. Yep. They, they were having private talks with Rocky about becoming the next president of Davidoff, and it would leak it would leak out there, and then everybody would deny it, and then it would end the conversations, and then it would strike back up again. Wow! I I think the final nail in the coffin was, I think, the story as it goes. Um, It was at one of the trade shows, and they had had gotten a suite or a room in private in some name, and they were supposed to have closed doors meetings to work this deal out. And of course, everybody starts talking about it on the show floor the next day, right? right? And that was the end of that, but I mean, in retrospect, probably the best thing that ever happened to Rocky that that never happened. But you know, that yeah. his company ended up taking off and going gangbusters after that. So this was before Rocky was what he was today. He had he had run Indian Tobacco for years. The brand didn't really go. He was maybe I don't know if he had transitioned yet into Rocky Patel or not, or was just I Island. don't think so.
4: I think I think yeah. at that time it was right around that time period. Yeah, it was right he came between, going from Indian Tobacco to, yeah. to RP. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think. I think the year it fell apart, the next year Rocky Patel was on the horizon at the trade show, so mm-hmm. right during a transition, either that year or the year next. But yeah, so rumors, rumors in this industry, you know, where like Drew Estate selling. I mean, those were rumors for a while that Drew Estate selling, mm-hmm. and everybody in denial, right? Oh I mean, even like oh, yeah. We've
4: been sold. We've been sold a hundred times too, right? <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> and then the press release. I mean, they were denying it up until like thirty days, and then the press release yeah. thirty days later, Drew Estate sold. So. You know, I wasn't sure how to take it. So I've been watching and listening to see if there was anything coming out. But it's been crickets since that yeah. was out. So
3: it was you know, it, it was not, yeah, it was,
4: not, yeah, it was, not going anywhere. I, I, I love this company. I love this business. And, and to be honest, some of those interesting emerging categories, uh, you know, if there is interest in
0: that, maybe it's done here. If, at if, if, <laughs> if you should have just start walking around with a black T-shirt with a marijuana leaf on it. Just, just to, <laughs> but that's to say that I don't. <laughs> that's, true. that's true that's true that's true so oh well we put that elephant to rest because i i know that was going to be a big question that people wanted to hear and uh now we know that i guess somehow the rumor got out there but you aren't as far as you're concerned the sta- official statement is you're not going anywhere you're here to stay at davidoff i'm here to stay i like like i said i love the company i love the the family that i
1: work for
4: um, you know, most most people. I don't know if they if they know that we are a family-owned business. Um, you know, I think uh, you know there's there's a lot of interesting things on the horizon for our company. I mean, we've been working on you know a lot of transformative things within our business. Um, you know that that most people don't get to see on the outside, but um, you know it's it's exciting times for us. Um, you know, we are a little bit bigger of a ship. Um, you know, so, so, you know, some of these transformative pieces will take a little bit of time to come out, but, um, you know, we've been hard at work and, you know, I'm, I'm here to see it through.
1: Very cool. You well, that's
4: know,
3: good to know, that's why Coop doesn't believe in rumors for that exact reason. Good job, Coop. No teasers. <laughs>
0: um, I want to talk about something. I don't want to get beat up on because there's been a lot of talk about the PCA, right? But. You know, you were one of the big four that stepped out of the PCA. And mm-hmm. when I look at systematically the company structures of those involved, Davidoff was the one company that didn't really fit the structure profile that these other companies had of having big mass market sides and and whatnot. I mean, yeah, Davidoff has cigarettes and or rights to cigarettes and I, a separate you know, company, a separate company. Okay, so a separate company, right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, I mean. I didn't quite see how Davidoff related with these other companies in, in that stance. And I don't know if you can, but if you want to kind of maybe take this moment to, to, to kind of talk behind why Davidoff took this stance, because I mean, I, for me, Davidoff is more of a premium yeah, than than the other three companies that were involved in that decision. And I uh, just kind of trying to figure out how your piece fit in that puzzle. So, so
4: it's kind of an interesting build up. Right. And, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully this, this will make a lot of sense. And, and I mean, you, you kind of started out the show with, you know, talking about how we only have, you know, 200 appointed merchants out there in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Right. So if, if, you know, and, and I can, you know, I, I can give you my side. I, I, I won't give a perspective for the other three companies because right. they all had mm-hmm. their, their independent reasons for, you know, coming to that decision. Um, you know, but for us, I mean, just you know, in office, the, the way the trade show was heading, right, and, and the way that the industry, to a degree, has also been heading, um, doesn't necessarily fit our everyday model because of the exclusive distribution of Davitol. So, if you think of the, the trade show, and what happens on a trade show floor outside of showing new products and connecting with customers and and, and whatnot, it's about deals, right? It's about deals. And, you know, our company is just not one to
0: deal. You know, we, 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 we're not out there with big discounts. But you're, uh, not, you're not out there with white labels in specific. But you're right. the, even, the, even the, not even our core products,
4: the even the our other core products.
0: The, the portfolio of Davidoff has expanded greatly over the years with mm-hmm. Macho and Cusano. And um, those those aren't as selectively distributed as white label brand. Uh, isn't that part of the representation of being in a trade show?
4: Yeah. But, but the majority of business, the, the idea is not to hinge your business on the one week.
0: Right. And so,
4: you know, we're not out there giving three, you know, buy three, get ones. We're not given, you know, 25% off specific products. So, you know, that aspect of the trade show for us, you know, didn't make a lot of sense. In fact, you know, that's stuff that we've been wanting to get away from, Uh, you know, for, for a fair amount of time. Right. Um, You know, and and you've seen that with, you know, a number of the relaunches that we've done with specific brands, you know, where we actually pulled and, and, you know, reined in commercial policy to be even stronger than it was before. Um, You know, so that's, that's, that's one piece of it. Um, Can I just, before
0: you go to your second part, I just want to talk about that one piece again, because you're right in that model, but also look at a company like Padron who's mm-hmm. notoriously known for never, ever having a deal, ever. Like, 100%. ever. Like, yep. ever. Like, ever, under any circumstance. They're at the show every year. And they mm-hmm. go, and they meet, and they greet. And, you know, not only does this family not have deals, they don't even come out with new stuff like the standard of the industry, right? I mean, if mm-hmm. a drone comes out with something new, it's like decades, right, in between. You don't feel there's just a need... To be present at the show, or do you feel there's an ancillary benefit to the presence of a trade show other than just sales? Yeah, no, absolutely.
4: And that's kind of where I was going to go with my second point. Um, You know, the the, the actual
0: structure of,
4: of the trade show, right? You know, you think about it. You spend seven figures to put up these, you know, put up these fortresses out in the middle of Las Vegas, and you hope that people come. Right, you hope that people walk through the door so you can talk to them and you can have those relationships and, and conversations and whatnot. You know that that has been on a steady decline for a number of years. Yeah, right? but the costs continue to rise. You know, and I believe wholeheartedly, and this is you know stuff that um, you know when when the the, the the four companies you know reached out to the PCA to kind of talk about um, you know the, the the 2020 show and, and kind of moving forward. Um, you know. We wanted to know what were the transformative things that they were gonna do, right? You know, to take this industry gathering into the future. Right, and, and honestly, what we heard was more of the same. You know, to spend in excess of a million bucks a year for more of the same as, you know, the attendance and excitement continues to decline. Um, you know, I think that there are many better ways to spend your money, right? Where you could do similar things, right? Where you can engage with consumers, because you know, as you as you said, um, you know, many shows go after the PC announcement, right? It, it is all about the consumer in the end, um, you know. So that's that's what we did. We decided to redirect those funds, um, you know, and then of course, you know, <laughs> within 45 days, the pandemic hits, and guess what? We're prepared because we knew we weren't going to this here. We had already started to modify sure. plans. And, you know, the pandemic happened and, and, you know, we were prepped for that, which, which you know, for us was, was
0: you know, not that the pandemic was good, but, um, you know, for us, you know, we, we had everything set in place. Now, you don't have to share this. I'm just curious myself. Uh, was the decision made with the intent that this was never going to be looked at again? Or do you, was the decision made that this is something that we will look at year to year and see if there are any changes that may want us to be back involved in a trade show
4: yeah but but why does it have to be a trade show
0: okay you know I mean? a trade well do
4: you do you
0: think there's a need for a trade organization
4: i think there's a need for a trade organization i think that there's a need for an industry gathering a hundred percent um and, but and i also believe think that, that, that gathering, model
0: has to. you don't think that gathering should involve the, sh- the selling and the showing of new product i don't think it has to I think I think I
4: think companies are able to, to run their business. I mean, look, look at Apple's look at Apple's developer conference, right? I mean, all the hype is built, all the education. You have nearly five thousand people that, that, that show up at this, you know, at this event, you know, every single year, right? And and you know, it's it's Apple talking and showcasing the new new products. It's the, you know the folks that are involved in the economy that they've created with the you know the App Store, right? So people coming in and talking about product demos. Um, you know, engineers educating developers on things, you know, and then the selling happens after that. And that's that's ultimately where I believe that this industry can go, right? I think that, you know, th- there could be major, major transformation to how the industry gets together and building that type of product showcase, you know, to where, um, you know, it's also exciting for consumers as well. And you can, you know, you can invite them into it. They don't necessarily physically have to be there, right? But, you know, I think that we're able to cast a much wider net. And you know, honestly, I think I think companies are allowed to you know to, to handle commerce the way that they want to within and out of the year. I mean, I also think the timing aspect of it is is horrible. I mean, I it, you know the the, the mid July uh, you know timing is is very tough for our business. And if you think of it, you know, in parallel to some other industries, right, um, you know that are that are heavily dependent on seasonality and and whatnot, like you know the golf show, right, the PGA show. When is that? Uh, not in, Ju- not in July. I think it's January. It's January. January. Winter. Yeah, it's January, right? Because they're prepping for the upcoming golf season. They're showing all of the new worlds well ahead of you know time, and uh, you know they they allow months and months of excitement. Um, you know, and, and you know companies are able to do what they want. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sale conducted on that trade show floor And I think that that's where that's where it ultimately needs to evolve to.
3: I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of people would disagree with you. I'm sure it would be fifty fifty, but I, I get what you're saying. I mean I've never been to the trade show though, so I wouldn't know. But Abe you haven't gone in, in several years either. You you don't necessarily think that this that the, the sale of the cigars is the is the benefit of it, correct?
0: No. Look
3: look for me it's not the reason to
0: go. So they need to make they need to find a way to make reasons to go. But I definitely think it's a good time where I don't have to have 80 companies come visit me and I can walk around and see what's new and hear about what's new right. um, in, in a cool setting. So I, I do think it's part of the experience. It's just that you need other reasons to go. And they, in my opinion, they quite haven't quite yeah. mapped that part out yet.
4: And, if, and if, if, think of another aspect of this too, right? For, for the industry. You know, we don't have big media. Right. We don't have these massive media platforms to get consumers engaged and excited, you know, and, and that's ultimately what that organization could put together. Right. You know, that's that's what it could become. And I think, I, I, you know, I think that, you know, to me that, that that will be one of the key salvations to our to our industry and, and what will allow it to prosper is, you know, the more consumers that we can get involved and excited about cigars. Right. The more education and knowledge that can be transferred to them, the bigger net that we could cast as an industry Mm -hmm. as a whole. Right. You know, why keep it so limited? Why keep it to, you know, to to just one week out of the year? Right. This
3: could this could happen. You know, it it could be something that happens multiple times throughout the year. So speaking along those lines, Dylan, because your background is obviously in marketing,
0: uh, Mm -hmm.
3: you know, going from you've worked in other industries, before correct in, in marketing correct. so yeah. going from that into i'm in digital marketing in my day job as well it this is a is a whole different animal so i mean i kind of i kind of think i i think i know where you're going with this discussion is you don't you don't have any of the mass media options that you have with almost every other brand that's out there so Without a doubt. No. so is this is this a solution you know, bringing consumers into something like this, where you're saying this is the vehicle that you use or that others can use to bring uh, notoriety to their brand, to the consumers? I mean, are there... Yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean,
4: if, if you think of the developers conference, right, it's, it's basically a big stage,
3: uh-huh. right?
4: You know, if, if you're a small brand, right, and, and you really want to make an impact, I mean, it's going to cost you in, in excess of a million bucks to go out there and build a six, 8,000 square foot booth. Right You don't have that type of money, but right. maybe there's one year right that you really want to double down and you want to be the one that that's able to get up stage get up on stage and at this you know let's say this this type of event that we're paying here right and and take the keynote spot. you could do it you know and I think I think that that's important is that is that you know you're letting go a lot of these old kind of you know ways and old structures and stuff like that, you know and and using media as an actual vehicle. To help catapult this industry forward and and your brand within it right and i think that's important and you know think of also the evolution of the past couple of years right the pca didn't even let you know the media in the treatment of 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 media in the pca right it was like they were like kind of like the enemy and then it was like all right all right maybe we'll let them in we kind of see the benefit and then you know it evolved to where it was now and i think that that you know that that's important you're getting Uh, coop fired up (laughs) <laughs>
0: <Good>. <laughs> I was I was on the board the year we made that vote. That was my first year on the board of the of the IPCPR back then. Yeah. You
4: know, and listen, I, I I am you know even though we pulled away from from you know the show, um you know I'm 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 my my heart's in this business. Um you know I I, I you know kind of talked about you know how I started. I was 23 years old when I came to this business. I'm 39 now. Spent a good portion of my life in it. I want to see it prosper. And, you know, if any of them want to pick up the phone, you know, and sit there and have a conversation about where we can take this. I did that in September. I did that in September. I was in the basement of Madison Avenue in our store. And mm-hmm. I had a couple of the executive uh, board members of the PCA call me up and they said, hey, we th- sounds like you're out. You know, what do you think needs to change? I gave them my thoughts. Um, you know, I'm,
1: I'm here and I'm, I'm here and I'm ready to help. And, you know, I'm ready to help evolve it. So it sounds like the door is not fully closed on if you guys will ever go back. It's fully, clo- it's fully closed. I, if it stays I have, in the format no it's in, probably. Yes.
4: I have no interest in a trade show. I have, a, I have no interest in a trade show. I, I, I want to be able to, to conduct my business the way that I want to, mm-hmm. right? Not confined to just a week. Not confined to you know, spending all this money on a, on, a, on a physical structure, hoping that people show up. You know and and in addition to that if, if you know if, if the industry started to invest in this type of platform, this is something that will have equity for us for years right As things start to go dark, right, we will have our own platform that we've created that is forward looking, right, dependent on technology, right and you know we can cast the you know a much wider reach than just having this closed event that you know maybe a couple of folks are able to go out there and broadcast out. You know, and it's all crammed. I mean, you think about the media guys right during that week, you know, talking to like Charlie and Coop and all these guys. I mean, these guys run themselves ragged during that entire week uh-huh. and all of the content mm-hmm. and news and everything is all packed into that one week. I mean, if you're a consumer, it's overload. You know, it's overload. I mean, you know, there's there's ways to do it with much better progression. And not only that, but it's also if you think of the burden on retailers. Right. And, a, you know, you know, this more than anybody else. Right, the same cycle over and over again, you know. And and you're you know you're probably much better man, uh, you know, uh, much better at managing your cash than than you know some of the the smaller retailers out there. But you know if if they don't go out there and buy 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 within this you know specific time period, right? They've they've lost out on a greater part of of the excitement, right? And it's not necessarily easy on on managing cash when you're sitting there and you're cramming and every single manufacturer is cramming product into your into your store at the same time. So, think about that aspect as well. Yeah.
0: So, if the trade show attracted 5,000 retailers and lined up, would you still feel disinterested? It, it, to me, it doesn't matter because I can conduct commerce on my own terms. Okay. Just curious. I don't, I
4: don't, I don't want to throw that out there. I, I
1: don't need the mess,
4: right? Well, it's a different yeah.
1: model. Different model. Absolutely. All right. Uh, with that, hey, let's take a short break. We're going to hear from our sponsors awesome. and we'll be back with more with Dylan Austin of Davidoff USA. Hey,
3: everyone. Susan Giorgio here. South Florida. Hi, I'm Tom Stroud. Hey, it's Stephen Martin coming to you from Seattle, Washington. Hey, everybody, I'm Jennifer True. Hey, everyone. This is Alex Ryan. I'm a poker player a dominoes player, a world traveler. I like to go sailing, hit the golf course, and drink some wine. I am a mother, I am a content creator. I'm also a husband, a father, and someone who really enjoys great
4: cigars. Enjoying a Monte Cristo, in fact, the 50th anniversary of Monte Cristo,
3: a special limited edition. My favorite cigar? Monte Cristo Epic. Please take this opportunity to smoke one of our amazing Monte Cristo cigars. The Monte by Monte being my
1: personal favorite.
3: I am Monte Cristo. I am Monte Cristo. I am Monte Cristo. We are are Monte 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 Cristo. Cristo. Surgeon general warning. Tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease, even in non-smokers. And you're back. And
1: <laughs> welcome back to KMA Talk Radio, broadcasting live here on the Facebook. I am Adam K., the Brewmeister. We are here on uh, what is hopefully still a sunny South Florida day, but is hopefully going to get worse. Uh, with me, of course, the man, the myth, Mr. Honest Abe.
0: Good, good afternoon, afternoon, or good morning, or whatever it is. I've had a long week. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and of course, live from his mother-in-law's basement, Mr. Paul DeGracco,
3: Paul, w- is the pipe dripping on you today? No, but I I should show you this. I let me just do this. This is the pipe that was dripping on me. Look at this. Ah. So my my mother in law they they have a gorgeous house, but they've just neglected their basement. Look at I'm look at what I'm surrounded by down here. A broken chair, <laughs> that, a dehumidifier that it, that it, in the middle of the room. Yeah. It <laughs> I don't have a lot of space to work with here. As is, far that, as, is that is that where they make you sleep at night? No, I, you know, the reason why we stay at my mother-in-law's so much is my parents have a, a, a big house too, and they're only three and a half miles away, but she has a giant, I mean, I'm talking like as big as my first apartment room for guests here. And, uh, it's probably, it's probably like 600 square feet. Like it's huge, this huge room. So we have both kids in there. We have a, a queen size bed in there. There's a bathroom right outside. Like it's, it's like staying in a hotel up there. And at my parents' house, the rooms are smaller, but there's more of them. So we kind of, uh, we have to split up in, in different rooms. And my parents still have the beds that we grew up with in their house. So, <laughs> so I'm sleeping on the mattress I, I grew up on, at, you know, on a twin bed, which I haven't slept in. You know, even when I had, had an apartment in New York, I, I, had, a, I had a queen-size mattress. So it's, a, it's like going back in time, like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> so that's why we're we're here. But I want to get to. There's a couple of comments, uh, a couple of comments and questions that we have. Uh, the first one for Dylan. Dylan, uh, everyone is asking about your. Uh, they're, they're calling it an ascot. Yeah. yeah. What What is the deal?
4: <laughs> it's just a bandana. Um, it's funny. Uh, yeah. So so with all these mandatory masks and everything going, on, I I always forget my damn mask. So, you know, I've been kicked out of a, a fair amount of places that, uh, you know, I just just didn't think about bringing a mask in. And so this I kind of keep around my neck just in case, uh, you know, I do forget it. I've got something there. So and then, interesting
1: fashion statement.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> OK, so well, that explains you are a
1: man it. to do interesting fashion statements. Thank
3: you. <laughs> and then there's this might be a controversial question, so I I don't know. But we've one of our listeners did an Ask KMA hashtag. So, if if why, <laughs> they're asking why did Davidoff up their prices right after announcing they weren't going to PCA, it,
0: I think unless yeah, I, I yeah. I'm wrong, I think Davidoff like ups their prices every year like clockwork. That's it,
3: every yeah. single year. Take- that like was just a normal days. time. Okay. Yeah,
0: I, I think yeah. every year like clockwork we get a price increase on an annual basis.
3: Yeah, we do. We do
4: certain products, uh, you know, are sometimes left left off the list. Um, you know, so we'll actually skip a year with certain products and then, you know, take on others. And then the year after we'll kind of flip it. So yeah, it's all based on, so on I had nothing, nothing to do with the trade increases. show
1: or the announcement. No, I had nothing it, to do with the trade show. Okay. No. Perfect. Yeah. But, every January, my life gets ruined because everybody wants to increase their pricing prices right then.
3: <laughs> well, that's just business. That's how it goes. <laughs>
1: yeah, we, we do it just for you, Adam.
3: <laughs> I know. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it greatly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs>
4: And then, and then you have to work. You have to work with Carlos in figuring out how to reprice everything,
1: which is fun. Oh yeah, gotta gotta love it. Gotta love working with Carlos. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, uh, before we got on, we were talking about how excited you were that basketball was back. And oh you, man! Heat are playing today. You're a big Heat, Heat fan, are playing. Today. Yeah. So what got playing. you be a Heat fan?
0: He's a Miami guy.
1: I'm, I'm from Miami. Oh, yeah, so you got any word
0: on that? Uh, duh. Duh. <laughs>
1: Sorry,
4: yeah. not aware. One, one of my favorite things to do is sit there and watch uh, and do nothing, zone out and watch uh, Miami Heat basketball. I've always I've always been a fan, and you know we had a a number of really great years, you know, since '03 with Wade coming on, and then mm-hmm. you know in '06
1: with the Big Three and or no it, no.
4: No, it no, was oh, oh, oh 07. they won the 06, title. '06 06 was '06 was the first title with Shaq.
1: Sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
4: And then, and then with um, you know with LeBron and Bosch and all those guys, and you know now I mean they've got you know another really interesting team getting uh, you know getting some stuff done for them with some interesting young talent. So it's absolutely,
1: Butler's been reborn and he's been a phenomenal add-on and yeah. hey, a, lot of, a lot of great rookies and oh yeah, you know, guys. I mean, I, and and I love Miami
4: Heat basketball because it's, it's you know uh, you know they are so defensive minded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I am a firm believer that, uh, you know, defense and sports that definitely wins championships. And, um, you know, these guys, these guys are scrappy, scrappy mm-hmm. when it comes to playing defense and all that. Not,
1: not to mention, they got my boy undrafted Duncan Robinson in the starting Who lineup, the number out. one. Oh, yes. The boy the can top, shoot the rock top three, uh, three point shooters in the league. Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So glad yeah, it's, it's, it's
4: it's amazing how quickly that kid pulls the trigger, man.
1: Oh yeah, I, I've known. Yeah. Hey, he he went to Michigan. I know. I watched him all the way through college. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. I'm glad he's doing really
3: well. Abe and I are just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys don't do the sports? Not basketball. I'll I'll watch no. football and and I I used to I used to work in baseball, so it's kind of ruined it for me. Once you, I guess it's kind of like being a butcher. Once you see the uh, see the guts, you kind of get (laughs) disinterested but um i you know i want to go back to the marketing discussion dylan because i mean obviously that's your that, that that's been your forte for for many years i'm just curious at like what do you think the future is of of marketing to to your consumers like i mean you can't really can you can you advertise on google at all
1: no is
3: there so you can't advertise on google you can No Google, no Facebook,
4: no Instagram. You know, that's that's it's a big, big, a uh, big challenge for our industry, man. And I mean, you know, ultimately, it's it's going to be one to one direct with the consumer.
3: So, how do you? How do, What do you think the future is of that? Like, how, how do? How do you? How do you reach those people? We we have to bring them into the fold, right? Okay. You've got
4: you've got it. You've got to be able to bring them into the mix and. Um, you know uh, you know e commerce for us has been um, you know a, a big driver of, of of new consumers as as our stores are as well um, you know so so building that one to one kind of communication with those folks um, you know is important and then also you know one of the things that that I think we do extremely well um, you know is is delivering tools to you guys right um, you know in, in retail and uh, you know, uh, developing campaigns and, and you know the resources for you guys to be able to talk to your consumers as well.
1: Yeah, it, go ahead, Adam. Oh no, Paul, continue. No, no, I, I, am just, right,
0: I'm got just it. so curious.
1: But so I got a question for
0: you.
4: Um, it's going in. Not, I, I can feel it coming on.
0: Well, look, there's certain things you know. Look, we look. It's really funny because like guys like me, Jonathan, Dylan, who really are even Christian. We interacted a lot earlier in our careers and as we got more professional and our businesses grew, we don't talk as much like we used to. I mean, it's like so we seldom do. And one of the things that I just really wanted to personally kind of discuss with you, if you're open to have a discussion about it, because I really didn't see Davrov really kind of, unless I missed it, which is totally possible, um, <laughs> have a discussion about some of the debate and heat that happened after the AVO Unexpected series. Um <laughs> I was, I was a little taken aback by it, and I was a little bit shocked. I think, I think in theory, it, me personally, as a retailer and a consumer, looking at that Avo Unexpected series, right, I think it was a legitimate experiment in which how people who've gotten away from brands, like one of the things I do with my cigar, mm-hmm. of the Month Club, is I always like to throw in a brand that I know is a classic that people have loved, but you know, with all the new stuff, you just forget about it. it doesn't go in your rotation. Yep. Right. You haven't tried it for 10 years and you tried it again. You're like, holy cow, why have I stopped smoking the cigar? So I believed in the legitimacy of the experiment, right, And and trying to open consumers to, hey, it's time for you to go back maybe and not always look for the new things and try to revisit some of these old classics that you used to enjoy and have forgotten about. But, you know, I think the stance publicly, were they were a little slighted about it because they felt they were buying into something because Avo, Avo and Davidoff, Mm -hmm. Have always had limited projects, right? It's been kind of those things that people looked forward to every year and they would buy into and scramble to get them before they were gone. And um, obviously, after the live event where they talked that the unexpected series was just, you know, four of your typical lines repackaged, um, there was some heat. There were some manufacturers, uh, there were some uh, retailers that were. You know, getting rid of the boxes at cost, getting them off their shelves or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really funny because I've been in the position in in life where I never expected. I didn't like I get blindsided. Right. I never even thought that some some position would be taken that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, You know, like for me personally, like when we did Syndicato, Right. I thought Syndicato. when I got involved with Syndicato to start a manufacturing company that was owned or at least, you know, partially owned by a bunch of top retailers in the country whose input. I thought would be brilliant in helping making good solid brands because we deal mm-hmm. with consumers every day. I didn't even like anticipate the, the heat that we got from other manufacturers, like other manufacturers got livid. I didn't even mm-hmm. see that coming. like, how is that? Was that even a possibility? There's a new right. brand today. So, I mean, were you guys kind of blindsided by that? Or did you think that, yeah, this might happen, but we believe yeah. in the other experiment.
4: No, and I, yeah, I appreciate you bringing it up because I, I know it's something that uh, you know folks have, have been wanting to talk about for for a while, um, you know. And I, I think you know the way it started is exactly the way you said it, right? You know, so so you know it was a campaign that was designed. You know, we had just come off the back of Avo 30th, literally the most
1: the,
4: the biggest most benchmark year we've ever had in Avo. I mean, absolutely just amazing year. Not only celebrating. 30 years of this brand, um, you know, but also the return of some really amazing products, right? So, you know, repackaged AVO Maduro, um, you know, uh, AVO 22, a bunch of of the iconic kind of Holy Grail products, um, you know, from the AVO portfolio, Um, you know, and this stuff, this stuff had been in the works. So, So you had AVO pass, we had AVO 30th, you know, coming on the horizon. And the idea with Uninspected was a return Right. It was it was returning people's interest towards the core products, pulling away some of the you know, preconceived notions and, and whatever the case was. And actually, that was going to be the catapult for a new position for the brand. Right. So we were going from this platform of Savor Every Note, um, you know, to live in the unexpected, which, you know, if, if you read all of the DNA that was actually created, um, you know, and, and, and where that kind of started and, and, and whatnot. Um, you know it was actually a, a, a pretty unique positioning i think that that really played an ode to to who the man was and how he lived his life with spontaneity and um you know never kind of never had preconceived notions about people or or situations or whatever the case is um, you know without a doubt there was the um you know understanding that there was there was risk um you know and and not to make excuses but there you know there was a number of of things happening within our company that i you know i I personally um, you know because it happened on my watch,'ll we'll take responsibility for it, but um, you know it, it, where I got you know distracted and did not necessarily pay attention to the campaign as, as I probably should. Um, so we knew there was risk, and, and honestly, I think our our biggest mistake right, was that dojo show i I, I had a bad gut feeling about that. I told my guys that, you know, I have, a, I have a great team of marketers. I mean, look at our track record over the past decade plus. I mean, we've, we've done some really transformative things with our brands and with our business. Um, you know, and unfortunately, I mean, it was, it was a swing and a miss, right? Um, we didn't get to finish the campaign. So we actually just, we, we, we shut it off at that point, um, you know, and um, I, I wish we would have been able to have finished it because I think it would, it, would, you know, it would have been fun.
0: Um, you know, I I, I agree I agree I agree with you and and I think it's mm-hmm. big of you to even say the phrase it was a mistake because most people won't you know don't like to even say something was a mistake I, I I agree with you I think in essence it was a great campaign I think execution I think and tell me what you think about this had it been released as just the Avo experiment and not telling any people anything instead of trying Without to as, as a new brand or a new limited edition just call it the album experiment with no details not telling yeah. anybody what it was and let everybody go out there and make their own assumptions i think the error was made in directing it as a, a limited special brand new
4: a hundred percent a hundred percent and and
0: and this is where
4: words become very important right and i mean yeah. you could have one guy give an interview and say the word new right and and the connections built right back to that. Right. right, right, and 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 that happened, and that was something that you know it, it was, you know, it was an honest honest mistake from certain folks. But um, you know, listen, like, like I said, I, you know, it's, it, we've got a a brilliant team of of young marketers, and I think it was an absolute learning experience for our, our company. You know, the word limited edition, right? Honestly, you will not find coming back into Ava language ever again <laughs> unless it is a true. AVO.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, because that's. Yeah, yeah.
4: The, but it was,
0: it was, you know, and, of- and, and it was a learning,
4: it was a yeah. learning on how to deal with media as well. And, you know, one of the, 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 the things that came out right after that dojo interview, and I, I just remember having a sick feeling in my stomach as I was watching it. Um, you know, and I told my guys after, I said, I said, listen, you know, you've got to take this stuff serious. Cause there was a lot of joking that happened on that, on that interview. Um, you know, and I think that that, the, you know, the impression that that gave, yeah. Right? which which was then taken and used against us was that, oh, look, you know, these people don't care. They're laughing at you, which is absolutely not the case. Right. right. I mean, I think I think we are a company and, and, and you know, we're a company and, and, and uh, you know, a, a house of brands with integrity. Right. And that's something that, that we can never lose. Right. I and think- if we behave in a different way, we need to recognize it and recenter ourselves. And I think that that exactly was what happened with we Unexpected. It was it was an awareness that we built for ourselves you know, going forward of what not to do
0: ever again. Yeah. I, I think nobody on that show realized in that moment, and that's why it looked so light, the mm-hmm. of the, the depth of what was being what was happening in the moment, right? Um, because like I said, I think the merit of the experiment, as I would like to call it, it was sound and really good. I thought it would have been very interesting. I think the execution uh, and, and how it came out in the end kind of hurt. A really good idea in the process and then what i found very interesting afterwards right because look what that did was expose the ability of how easy it is to say hey we got something limited that really wasn't limited and what i found very surprising was this happened on a friday night monday you guys released a press release for 20 new davidoff (laughs) limited editions or i was like why didn't you guys wait at least two or three months yeah. a but or so it came off Monday so I was that a disconnect or was that no it's, on it, purpose? it's because it, it, it was it was unfortunately being
4: an international company and in different time zones and stuff like that it was in so the queue that's that was in the queue from the global standpoint right this happens on Friday that comes out on Monday right, right? So it's like, going, ah! oh man yeah so yeah that
0: uh, you know we were unable able to, to unfortunately reel that in. How, right. how how's that i mean look i have i've been on a roller coaster ride with the avo band throughout my career um when i first got in the business actually avo was probably my first brand that became a regular the, the uh, one of my regular go-to's i mean my first cigar was a royal jamaican when it was still being made in jamaica right i still uh, i
4: still have one of those in my humidor believe it right? or not right in my, yeah. early,
0: in my early days, I, I, you know, I would experiment a lot. And I think AVO became one of those first, like, oh, this is going to be my staple cigar, right? I always, no matter what I go and buy, I'm always going to grab an AVO or some AVOs. And um, when I got in the business, then officially, it was a strong brand. I mean, it just it just sold all day long. And then there was a period there where it just, it died on the brick and mortar level. And yeah. it, became, it became a very kind of uh, more of a mainstream internet discounted brand. And I remember the year at the trade show where th- that turnaround, yep. they, like to they make that turnaround happen where they were revamping the lines, they were discontinuing some of the lines, repackaging some of the lines. And, and I remember your booth that year, you had a bunch it's of – all backed re- out, yeah. Not just that, you had a bunch of retailers blown up around yeah. – you know, you're trying to build the relationship back. And I was actually one of those retailers. And I actually took, got that big Lexan thing, and I made a window sign that hung in our West Palm Beach location for years – um, mm-hmm. from the Davidoff booth that year, um, but then it, it had a resurgence, and, and and ever since then, it's really built itself back up as a as a brick and mortar brand. And and um, do you think that Avo um, unexpected any damage to that or no, it, not at all, of course. Not all right, all. good.
4: I mean, it, we we've we've grown dramatically this year. I mean, nineteen was a nineteen was a tough year for us in general. Um, you know, and, and, and it relates a lot to what you're talking about. I mean, we had this this just benchmark 2018. You had, you know, Davidoff 50th. We celebrated two major milestone anniversaries. When our company hit, you know, our, our, our revenues were all-time high in 2018. You know, 2019, you had some interesting stuff happening, um, you know, in, in the mail order business, right? And, and, and just the industry in, in general as well, because the industry in 18 saw about 10% import growth. Right. Um, you know, and you started to sit there and say, All right, well, where the hell is this coming from? Right. And then 2019, you see this dip that back down. Um, you know, in addition, you had, um, you know, some stuff that was happening with with some of the mail order guys really trying to press, um, you know, certain companies and whatnot. And, you know, we, we were just one of those guys that just said, hey, listen, we're just not going to deal with that. We're going to do business the way that, uh, you know, that we always have. Um, you know, and even if that means that we're going to lose a couple million dollars, you know, it's fine. You know, we're, we're going to stick to our guns.
1: So since we've been talking about Avo, um, since you worked with him for a good long time before he passed, what's your best Avo story you can actually tell on the Facebook? <laughs> I actually, I, I know lots of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know lots of them, um,
4: you know, but, but I, I actually didn't have too much contact with, with Avo. I mean, Avo was, was pretty much in Orlando. He had a couple of guys that, uh, you know, were always with him. We had Eddie Simon, who's now our CMO, that, uh, you know, spent a lot of time traveling all over the country with Avvo. Um, and then Scotty Polliser that worked with me for a number uh, of years, still works with us. Um,
3: you know, he kind, of,
4: he kind of took that spot over from Eddie. Um, you know, my, my best album story, man, I think was, you know, going back to his 90th birthday when we did the, a party at, um, man, the, the, the place escapes me, the Carnegie club in New York Mm -hmm. and just watching the energy, you know, this, he, he, he was 90, right. And he was starting to get, you know, a little frail and, you know, he was tired all the time and, um, you know, and just watching this man come alive, you know, when he walked in a room and, and, you know, his birthday was so important to him. Um, you know his birthday. Uh, you know was was you know the 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 day that Avo really got to shine and, and kind of be himself, especially in his later years. And uh, yeah, just that that ninetieth party and just I was sitting there watching him and the energy that came out of him. And I know he gave everything, right? Because Avo was always a showman, and you know that yeah. night was no different. Um, but just you know thinking to myself, man, I you know hope when I'm ninety, I have uh, you know the same level of energy that this man has. It's a pretty remarkable thing to see.
3: Adam, Have you funniest- ever been to the Carnegie Club?
1: No, I've never been to New York.
3: Oh, right. Well,
1: oh, you got to go.
3: What a cool place. Yeah, it's a
1: cool spot. Cool spot. Yeah, and not,
3: there's not many places in New York that you can, you know, get get a drink and and have a smoke nowadays. So, there was there um, was one on the Upper East Side that was was an amazing amazing cigar bar and they they apparently uh closed it. I I went when I uh when I first came home maybe about uh, a year ago when I first came back up to New York and it's just it's just disappointing because it was it was one of like three spots that I knew of, including the Carnegie Club where they had a full bar, and you yeah. could, and you could smoke a cigar there. Those are dwindling. I think there's another one yeah. down in Soho yeah, called so- the Velvet Soho, Cigar Lounge. Soho Cigar Bar. Soho you've Cigar got, Bar. That's uh, what it's called. Bar and Books. Oh yeah.
4: Um, you've got Club Mac. You've got uh, you know Grand Havana. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, outside of that, there's there's not many, man.
3: It's it's uh it's unfortunate.
1: Yeah.
3: I didn't mean to cut you off, Adam. I just I forgot that you've never been to New York City and never plan on going ever, I'm assuming. Not not at this point in time. <laughs> it's it's safer there than it is in South Florida, as so far it's, as no it
0: ain't stop your lies. It's as not. far
3: as COVID is concerned. That's
0: all baloney, stop. Stop.
4: Um, it is unbelievable, though, I mean, how, Look, how rampant New York was, you know, those first couple of months. And, and, you know, I mean, there's still there's still not life on the streets. I, you know, our our external counsels in, in New York and, you know, he, he's constantly sending photos of, of the streets in New York. And almost every time I talk to him, he's like, ah, I'm looking out on such and such Avenue. There's not a soul in sight.
0: Uh, I mean, there, Michael there, there, was, there, there are, there are people down here who had appointments to go get tested, never showed up and got an email. I, I know these people personally. It's not a story who got emails that said they tested positive everybody's being, te- oh yeah, yeah, I, I, can, I got two different people that will tell you this story. Okay. One person was in line, it was three hours, they said, screw it. They got out of line, they got an email the next week saying they tested positive. <laughs> Never wow. made it to take the test, okay? And Julie has a friend, exact same thing happened to them. Wow. The, the testing is rampant down here, everybody's getting tested, so, and then, if you're getting tested, right, if you're getting tested and you showed up positive, and you got a Keep taking a test to go back to work until you're negative. And you go back again and you test positive. It's being counted as a new positive, right? But the bottom line is the deaths aren't anymore. The hospitals aren't the capacity. Well, at Palms West by us is not even close. ICUs, open ventilators. No, the deaths are, are very low
3: in Florida. The percentage right. of, of but deaths but to what, positive What The percentage, is, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So what is, what is the threat? The various the, no, well, cases. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the scary thing is, I, I was I
4: was with my family on the beach, oof, maybe like two weeks ago. We went to to Treasure Island, which is which is on the west coast. In the amount of out of state license plates that I saw, I mean, we're, we're importing folks, you know, like because I mean, yeah. pe- people can't do anything, so they're coming here to Florida to go to the beach. And I mean, I, you know, that Clearwater Beach, St Pete Beach, Treasure Island, all of those places, the hotels are jam packed.
0: Yep jam-packed, and the beaches are jam-packed. I don't know what it's like in, in, in South Listen, Florida down by you guys, but... Look, the, the bottom line is I'm not against mitigating risk and being smart, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm against the bullshit hype, right? There was a doctor, a Florida-based doctor who's got a medical center, who did a video with his daughter talking about how, first off, all these places, and there's a lot of places, that are showing a 100% positive rate. He goes, that's impossible. I'm a doctor, I'm telling you that's impossible, right? And he goes, any of these hospitals... They're claiming they're at capacity. It's not capacity because of the facility. They're they're at capacity because they all underwent underwent major layoffs. Right. Mm, right. So their staffing is at 50%. So they're at capacity based on their reduced staffing number. He goes, a lot of this news out there is just not. I mean, I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, are there positives? Yeah. I mean, I know a few people who got positive. They were sick for a week and then they're fine. And that's what the flu does. That's what illness does. You know, I, I just think it's over-dramatized, just like everything else, just like a major hurricanes are. It's just it's just the way the world now. You know, it's Dylan, not, have yeah, you yeah.
3: have you traveled?
4: I have not. I have not. Um, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you our situation. We we um, we've been working remote for oh, since basically in March. So and, and that's, you know, it's kind of kind of interesting. And, I, you know, it's it, um, it's forced, you know, it's forced you to open your eyes it's forced people to do things. I think that um, you know they, they never thought were positive or possible. And I I think honestly, I think the business dynamics
0: D- are does gonna it, change for a long long time. It, does it question your need for a Pinellas Park? A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I, we,
4: you know, we've got one hundred sixty thousand square feet. Wow. Right. You know what I mean? I, I, honestly, I'm looking for a new office. I don't need one hundred sixty thousand square feet. I maybe need you know six, seven, eight thousand square feet for an office, and then. You know, we'll find a smaller warehouse somewhere else. I mean, you know, there's just no sense. You know, and I'm sure there's a you know there's a lot of folks that are you know similar predicament. But you know, I think I think the muscle that we've built and the ability, you know, to 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 progress in this environment, you know, you know, allows us to to you know to look at these types of
0: changes and you know virtualizing our business even further. I mean, but but you know what. I, I think that's some fall- fallacy that a lot of business people have convinced themselves, and, and it'll change. I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not always about sense. Nobody needs to have a forty thousand square foot house. Okay. Why do they have a forty thousand square foot house? Because they became successful, okay. and they can't. Right. Mm-hmm. So look, I mean, a company like Davidoff, as, as much as dollars and wise make sense. I don't see them having a six thousand square foot office space. It's just. It just. It's because. There's a level of prestige of what the brand means and what you accomplished. And, you know, eventually that's going to come back to play. No one's going to want to walk into a, because we don't need the space anymore, a, a, a humble little office. when you are talking about a, a multi-billion dollar international conglomerate of a company. That's, that's, a, that's an unrealistic standard. While, while fiscally sound, it makes 100% mm-hmm. sense. I just don't see that happening long-term. I'm hearing a lot of that chatter. I'm hearing a lot of that chatter, right? Can you imagine an investment firm that handles billions of dollars of people's money, and they want to attract another billionaire, and they walk into a 3,000-square-foot little (laughs) office with a couple guys in a a cubicle because it's fiscally sound? It's not going to happen. Long time. Hey, I
4: didn't say it was a shitty six thousand square foot
0: office. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Dylan, that was about fifteen hundred square feet. Come on, man. Mine.
4: Come on. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, honestly, it's. Um, you know, it, it, it. You know, it, it allows it allows uh, a lot more flexible kind of working arrangements for folks as well, which I think is is you know kind of more modern. And I yeah. think that that's, you know, I, I the way that I want if I, if I could blueprint and just literally go to town on building a, a new space, you know, I, I, I want folks, um, you know, to have an environment that, that, you know, drives creativity and they want to be at, um, but, you but know, you as see. well having the ability to, to work from home and to come in and, 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 you know, make an impact
0: in, in the office as well. We've had a portion of our team work at home. A lot of mm-hmm. it is, is graphics and web and it. I'm just going to tell you something that I've experienced, The productivity isn't the same. There's a lot of miscommunications, and you don't catch it on the fly because you're not around each other. There's a lack of bounce. Look, there's a certain creativity process that exists just being exposed to people, not just getting on a Zoom. 100%. 100%. Throughout the the creative side,
3: sure. Where we
0: just get on a sidetrack and we start talking about something and come up with a cool idea. That's gone. Now Mm -hmm. I I, I get a report twice a day from a guy working at home. That's my interaction with him. So...
4: I, I'm and, and, and I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing I'll tell you one thing one of the ways to, to get out of that right and, and and I agree i I think the face to face and we still we still go in the office I mean we still have folks coming in and, and working together and you know as i mentioned we've got, we've got a you know a fair amount of things going on um you know one of the, I think one of the key things for companies is is to get out of the inbox man it's
0: one thing that I hate more than anything else Give me is email behind email oh dude oh, I have not I, asked I, adam. I hate it. I have not used email it. in two years, three years maybe yeah. now, put on three years. I don't use email. I don't give out email. I have a company email. My my assistant skims through what any correspondence that I need to read puts it on my desk. And it was, it's was. it been the best three years of my life not yeah. dealing with
4: emails. Yeah, I, I absolutely hate living in inbox. I mean, Me you, you know, you've got stuff like Microsoft Teams. You've got, you know, Zooms. You've got, you know, <laughs> traditional phone, all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, email. And, and, you know, I, I've been fortunate. My team, my team has, um you know, they, they've really taken to this extremely well and, um, you know, they, they've they maintained productivity. They, they've increased pro- productivity. Um, you know, we've got, we've got a, a you know, a finance team, um, you know, working, working, um, you know, remote. I mean, normally these guys are, are, you know, these are folks that have to be together in most cases to, to get stuff done. And, and, you know, they've, they've done a, a remarkable job. I mean, the, the the only staff that we've got that, that's full time in is operations. We never, very luckily, never skipped a day because of the, the the pandemic, right? Never skipped a day. We didn't have any scares. You know, all of, all of our employees have been safe, and and you know, we've been able to put protocols in place to to keep the folks that do come in every single day, which are our operations folks, um, you know, also also safe. And that that's it, it's been a blessing. I
0: mean, that, that's that's one thing that um, you know I'm very happy about. Emails for me is like the equivalent of the Pony Express. Yeah, it just Agreed. seems like such an archaic way to communicate. Don't, you're inter- ruining my,
3: my business. You're going to put me out of business if you don't use email.
0: <laughs> don't worry, but, your mother-in-law's got a basement for you.
3: Eighty percent of my of my business is email marketing. <laughs>
0: Okay, look, I'm talking about mostly inter-business communication, right? For consumers, yeah, yeah I still got to get emails. I still need my passwords longer. But for me interacting in a company, the day we stopped using inter-company emails and changed to another platform, and, and who my operations guy, this is about maybe, what, three years ago, Adam? Uh, sounds two? about right, yeah. yeah two? two, years ago, two? Yeah, two. I, I, I had already given up on email. I made my whole company drop emails. We don't even give emails to new guys when they come in because yeah. that's how we used to communicate. And it was yeah. so slow and archaic, and guys wouldn't see it. We dropped email as a platform, went to an instantaneous type of platform, and my operations guy thought I was nuts. And he's mm-hmm. like, "This sucks." How you, how we can, so I'm still going to use email. I'm like, "No, you're not." And he swears by it now. It's our best form of commun- communication, and my company loves it. And it just becomes awesome and easy and instantaneous and interactive.
3: It's funny though. Yeah, we, we were like, I was we were using those at at marketing agencies and boutique agencies. I mean, when I first started in the business, so, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, there were copper project and teamwork and all that stuff. But, but for out of office, it was still, it was still all email, you know, but you have to see it from, it's weird for me because you guys, well, Dylan's not that much older than I am, but, but Abe, you, you saw a world without email, really. I, I've never worked in an environment that, that wasn't, at its core, you know, that the communication wasn't at its core email.
0: We Think did, we that. did it. We did it here two years ago.
3: Yeah.
0: And it's awesome. It's instantaneous. And I know when people read it and they respond instantaneous, I don't got to worry if they check their email, if it went to spam or if they missed the email. It's great. Love it. But our, our
3: productivity rate has gotten
0: so much better. And responsiveness Coop. rates from the team.
3: Coop is uh, is chiming in saying that texting sucks and Slack sucks. Slack is what the majority of advertising agencies use. Coop, it's uh, it's proven effective for them, but it's the same as email. Like you may not you may not pay attention to it because you you got sixteen oh, different threads going at one time. Well, speaking of Coop, is he around? Is he? In we can the, is, we can bring him he, on he, now.
0: Yeah. Is he in the foyer? Yeah. Is he in the garage? Is I can't the, wait <laughs> to see where he is.
3: Hold on, let me <laughs> bring him
0: on. We need to start Where's a segment. It? We need to start. Wait, wait, We should start a segment. Everybody's got to guess where Coop is.
3: Before well, let's we, do it right I mean, now. Where do you think he is today? Before we uh, bring him on.
0: Everybody, start start typing in where you think Coop is. We'll see who's right.
3: I think he's in the garage. I'm to the I, garage. I think he's in the salon. No, the library <laughs> with the books. The library with the books. I think he's in the garage, like Adam said, with a with the green Ooh. screen behind him, with the virtual background of the sal- of the dining room. I say mm.
0: the, I think it was the butler in the library <laughs> with the candlestick.
3: Yes. All right, get all your get all your guesses in here as I'm bringing Coop on. You won't you guys won't see him yet, but we'll we'll know the answer. We just won't share it yet. Yes, yeah. let's see. Let's see. I can't. Oh. Whoa. All right, people are saying here. Here come a bunch of. Uh, Cooper smoking today. Jack is saying a lot of people are saying the parlor. All right, we ready to bring <laughs> him on?
0: Let William me know Cooper. when you bring
3: him on. William Cooper, where are you? You're on now. Dude, <laughs> I can't believe I you. am the champion. <laughs> <laughs> you are the champion. Coop, can you who? hear us? No, he looks
0: lost. He gave us oh, the finger.
3: He gave us the one finger up. He gave us the finger. <laughs> All right, he'll just hang out there while he gets uh while he gets ready. Oh, he disappeared. He who may have an it? audio problem.
0: Who, who called? You it? You did
3: call it. Yep.
0: it was in the was, library.
1: In the library. It was yes. It was. He the, loves Mr. that library. purple in the library.
0: With the candlestick, uh, this is gonna be a fun game. I can't wait till next week, Paul. <laughs> Paul, you should start keeping score to see who's right the most often.
3: All right, I'll keep a, I'll keep a note. Let me try calling Coop back now. Oh no, he's, he's there. I can see him there. Oh, you he's see him? He's
0: shaking his head. He's giving us a oh, thumbs down. Yeah, Coop,
1: you having problems?
0: How can a guy who broadcasts 52 times a week have a <laughs> problem, problem connecting to our, our Skype.
1: So, uh, so while we're waiting for this, Dylan, have you picked up any new fun hobbies during the pandemic? Woo! Uh, buying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot, of, a lot of Amazon purchases? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I, I, I,
4: I haven't stepped, in, stepped into a grocery store in probably eight months, mm-hmm. longer than the pandemic. But uh, I don't know. I got on this whole thing about buying hats, man. So like fedoras and, he, and he stuff like, like
1: that. Really,
4: fedora. Yeah, it was. It's all Cam Newton's fault. Believe it or not.
1: Really? Uh, yeah,
4: yeah. So, uh, so, so he and I met last year, and he sent me. Uh, you know, I, I met him at his, at his place in Atlanta, and he had all these crazy fedoras on the wall. The ones he wears to all the press conferences and whatnot. And I said, Wow, man, those things are really a piece of art. And He says, "Yeah, you know, I work. I work with this company a lot, blah blah blah." And I said, "Oh, those things are amazing." And and I, after I saw him at the Super Bowl, um, you know, this past year, he sent me, um, you know, one of one of these hats, and I mean, they're they're absolute works of art. And you know, since then, I've been collecting, you know, fedoras from makers all over the world. I've got the guy in the Amsterdam that I've been buying stuff from, another one in Australia, Denmark, and hmm. um, just kind of one of my weird kind of COVID. Uh, you know, quarantine, uh, you know, things that I did, but, um, you know, doing a lot of working out as well on my end. So I've, I've taken a lot of that time to,
0: to, you know, just keep myself healthy. Speaking, speaking of hats, I did notice that upon the, uh, official becoming president of Davidoff, the, the, mm-hmm. the cough got very, very tight. Mm-hmm. Got a, yeah. I they, oh yeah. I, I think that after you had a presidential haircut, mm-hmm. The, the, I'm telling you, the haircut got very, very tight and very, very Europeanish, in my oh. opinion. No,
4: I, I mean, I've been I've been cutting my hair the same way for but probably about two years. So, uh,
0: how long you been president?
1: Yeah,
4: a
0: year and. Uh, yeah, I'm month. telling you, it was a presidential <laughs> cut, man. I've known you a long time, and it got tight. It got yeah. very. The cut became very Swiss. It became <laughs> very Swiss, but it looks good. Oh. Mm-hmm. You're you, always. You're that. always looking. It, 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 it is. It light. is starting to. Start a little bit and, 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 and you probably can't
4: tell the color, but it, it, the, I've got a, a nice, nice gray coming in. And the build,
3: you,
0: Oh yeah, the gray is definitely there. But no, you, yeah. you looking good. Looking good, my man. Looking good. Thank you. Thank you. All
3: right, we have coop on now. Coop, can you hear us?
1: Oh, he's muted. Coop. He's coop, doing he, us the You have right to yet.
3: unmute. You have to unmute yourself, yeah, Coop.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, no, no oh, I had a little bit sound issues here yeah. So
1: hey. what's
0: going on, buddy? So, so guess, who guessed, morning, guess guys. who guessed it right, Coop? Guess who guessed it right? Yeah, he did. He did hey, great interview,
2: guys, by the way. Dylan, great job this morning.
0: Yeah. Thank you. What's going on, Coop?
2: All good. All good.
0: Dylan definitely fielded some hard balls today, huh?
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: They're not hard balls, man. It's
4: just you know, this is what
3: it is. Well, he you know, he takes them in stride and answers them. Uh, like a human being it's not it's it doesn't it doesn't feel like a like it's a he's towing a company line or anything he's i think he was very honest and open with us and we appreciate that thank you absolutely so coop what's going on in the
0: news this week buddy man if Uh, coop if if coop grew a beard and wore dark rimmed glasses i think i'd be seeing i'm looking at double vision here on my screen
3: (laughs) what are you talking you think we look alike
0: in, in this setting on my screen, you, all Coop misses a little beard and dark rimmed glasses. Well, I'm I'm, I'm I'm flattered. I'm sorry, Coop. I didn't mean to insult you like that.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Um, I guess the one of
2: the bigger news items this week in the world of uh COVID pandemic is uh one of the big consumer events that was scheduled, um, has been canceled, and that is the Weasel Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been canceled for September. It looks like they're going to just go ahead and reschedule it for next year, 2021. But it's the latest in a string of events that uh, has been canceled uh, this year.
0: And have we not been calling it for weeks now? I, I got to be honest on this. I, I, you know, I was very shocked that Skip, who has a lot of comorbidities, was insisting on having this event. And then, I, you know, I don't know. I mean all these people had to buy tickets and got their cigars and then had to get flights some of these guys were and then cancel it i i i think it was a tactical mistake on skip's part
2: they were pretty upfront that there was a possibility that the it could be canceled out of their control, which I think is what happened here. Is they couldn't get guaranteed a permit. Uh, so people, you know, knew that going in. there. that that being said, it, the timing was really bad because they announced the event dates at the beginning of June, and that's just when this upswing uh, started all over again, particularly in Texas. So. It was it was bad timing. You know, I, I, I want to say I think those guys really wanted to put on a great event for people, um, but it was just not the right time to do it. No, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, every other event's been canceled uh, for the most part this year. I mean, there's a couple still that we, we were trying to find out the fate of, but I, my guess is those are going to be canceled as well. Mm.
1: It's a brave new world. So what yeah. else happened this week, Coop?
2: Um, we there's been product announcements this week from uh, a bunch of companies. Uh, first one, Altadis. Uh, they are bringing the VegaFina 1998 cigar. It's a cigar that was released to Europe last year. That's going to be coming into the U.S. right now. Um, it's actually a brand that we've covered on Coop. VegaFina is one that I do cover. One of the, is one of the European brands I I do spend time on. So I've had a chance to smoke that cigar. It's a little different than maybe those milder VegaFinas you're used to. Um, but you can expect that cigar to be hitting the shelves in September. Price point, uh, 860 to 960 It's a little more of a premium offering. Vegafina has been more of a value-priced cigar. Um, so that's one you can look forward to next month. Okay. Um, um, CAO um, has announced uh, their release for 2020. It's the CAO Bones. Um, and in this one... Uh, pays tribute i guess this year the theme is dominoes and dice uh, because bones is a, a cigar meant to pay tribute to those games and basically smoke a cigar while you're playing those games um interesting thing about those cigars is uh you're gonna get a pair of dice with those that you can roll i guess on there um but uh connecticut broadleaf wrapper connecticut shape binder and uh fillers from honduras and nicaragua um, and that should be hitting the shelves uh, this month in four sizes, uh, Robusto Toro, Churchill Gigante. Um, kind of interesting with that one because Hoya de Nicaragua last month announced their um, shut-the-box cigar, which is also a Domino's steam. So y- y- you're seeing a little bit of that going on this it's year. Dice, dice
0: game, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yep. A little bit of getting. Yep. I've kind of made the joke that I I, I, you know, I think Danny Moya and, and Nelson Ru- Ruiz is subvertly working at General Cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke last night. Oh, you chop suey bones and, you know, I don't know what, egg roll, all this stuff that's been coming out of there. That's kind of been like their shtick for a while. So I, I kind of made a joke last night that they're subvertly working there and nobody knows it.
2: Yeah, what did that? Dim Mac actually, Dim Mac cigar. They had uh the rake,
0: pickle, yep. pickle juice. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know all all this. You know, you know the hand gripper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they had all these weird little things, you know. But um you know, General seems to have jumped on board that bandwagon. And, and speaking of events, too, right? I mean. You know, I love these guys, but these guys are having a pool party. It's going on today. I think it starts the protocol pool party. The is protocol
3: pool do? party is today, they say yeah.
0: It is today. Yeah. They, they got people wearing bands. Red if you don't want nobody to go near you. Green if you can get close. Yellow if you want a hug or something. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They got rich Listen, bands.
2: Like, all, <laughs> all I know, Abe, is I, I saw – I got a picture from someone – <laughs> with the uh, what was going on in the smoke in whereby room last night with some of those guys, and I didn't see any social distancing practiced. <laughs> That's uh, it's, all I'm gonna say. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> now you got to put them all at a pool party? <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, so good luck with that. Yeah.
3: Where is it's the pool. event? Is it in Jersey or in Pennsylvania? It, it, it,
2: it's in Jersey. It's actually over uh, towards the shore. It's by Wall Wall Township. Okay. Uh. Again, I think these are guys who, who want to do something for their fans. Again, I just question the timing um, of it, you know, um, but with that.
3: I mean, technically, I if they keep it under 50 people, they're allowed to do it.
2: They're, technically, they're they're allowed to do it. Yes. Um, is it the thing you should do? I mean, again, people have it. No one's forcing them. No one's forcing anyone to go to this either. As well right. as right, that.
0: right,
3: right. If you
2: Don't feel like you don't want to go. Don't go. Um, but but I think they sold a lot of the tickets for it. So. I just hope there's everyone's okay and they have a good time. That, that's what I would, I would look for there.
0: That's the best way to look at
2: it. Yeah. Yeah. What
0: well, right, going
2: on, Coop? A um, couple of things. Uh, Steve Saka, this kind of came out over the last week. It's not maybe new news, but uh, folks may not be aware that there's two new sizes of the uh, Mikarita Tricky Traca coming out right now. So Saka is adding a 7x64 Gigantes. And he's also adding a classic 6x52 Toro. And he says those two new sizes are expected to reach retailers this August. And those are the red-banded uh, mecaritas, which are an amped-up version of the original Micarita.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. It'll be fun to see when that happens. Anything else going on?
2: Um, and then I think another thing that folks may have saw over the last week is J.C. Newman. They have a cigar called the Yagua that's going to be hitting stores this month. They actually, this is typical J.C. Newman. They, they announced something at a trade show, but it takes them like about a year to get it to market. And that's actually, I don't think that's a bad thing sometimes because they, they always make sure that they really have a good cigar when, it, when it's coming out. But um, this is a cigar basically that they are um, rolling without a mold right now. Um, which is a technique that has been used. Um, they use royal palm leaves to kind of keep the uh, the, the cigar together right now. Um, but it's going to be a 6x54 uh, Toro. And because these things are, like, not in a mold, they're going to have a lot of... Um, irregularities or differences so no two cigars are going to look alike right now on that uh really cool old school presentation they're going to have with that total 1020 count boxes uh being produced um again another connecticut broadleaf cigar over nicaraguan binder and phil and you're hearing about a broadleaf shortage but a lot of broadleaf hitting the market this year still so i'll go for you with that
0: yeah. cool anything is- else going on I think that's it yep that's
1: enough what, on, what do we
2: got going on? What do we going on? this week. Um, we're doing our 150th episode on the, on the podcast. Uh, George Rico is going to be the guest that night, so pretty excited about that hitting that milestone. Um, you know, again, that's the, kind of a 150s. You know, you guys have been doing it 350, 387 actually. So uh, excited about that. Um, you can see we're going to have a review of uh, Saka's. Uh, NLM THA Lancero coming out um, this week, so you can look forward to that. The Macanudo Palladium is being reviewed, um, so we got we got a full cycle of reviews coming out as well.
3: Very nice, cool. All well, right, Paul, since now might be, on, yeah, yeah,
0: now might be a good time for you.
3: <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna just this is for the the audience as well, everyone that's that's on the feed right now in the video as well, so. We, we talked about um, I, I, I'm going to preface this trivia question with I, I have a reason for bringing up this topic. I want to just briefly talk about it. But um, there are more than one hundred and forty four thousand of these. And I'll say moderate to low trafficked places throughout the U.S. What do you think those hundred and forty four thousand places are?
0: Do we get to ask questions?
3: Yeah, you can ask questions. All right.
0: Does it have to do with transportation?
3: No. That oh, killed no. me. Right. There. Does it have to do with food? No, it does not. Parks? Uh, that's a it's kind of an in-between question because some of them, mm. yeah, they they could in theory be like a park, but it's it, you wouldn't know them as a park. But some of them may be designated as parks mm. or part mm. of a park. Does it have to do with water? No.
0: Is it, it has to do with recreation?
3: No. Is it a
0: physical thing?
3: Yes, they are physical places. Okay. Outdoor places? Yes.
1: Hmm. Does it have Does it have anything to do with government?
3: Um, some of them may be government owned. And run, National but park? not necessarily. There are uh, private ones. Oh. What was that, uh, Dylan?
1: No,
4: I went
3: back to the park. Okay. Yeah, no. Does it yeah, have I'm to do with animals? No, no, it's not a zoo. Okay, that would be a hell of a lot of zoos. Do uh, people visit this place? Yes. Do they sleep there? Mm-hmm. They cannot sleep there.
0: Oh, there goes campgrounds. Okay.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's typically. It's not. It's not a place that you would want to. I mean, if you're looking, you know, to for a is thrill, it a
0: place where something is stored? Cemetery.
3: It is. They are cemeteries. Yeah. Oh. Uh, a lot uh, of people yeah. said bus stops, do I, campgrounds. Do I, do I get uh, something? You get the the thrill of beating to the end. You get a high fire.
0: You <laughs> get a high High Nice. So where I bring this There's a hundred and forty-four thousand cemeteries. Four?
3: More than that. I was trying to find a number of how many how many like on estimate how many bodies there are buried in the U.S. But it's impossible to find out. Um, but my question is, this, is you this guys, what you do like on a Tuesday night or something? After after the kids are asleep and I've had a, a bottle of wine and a cigar, I yeah, I start to think, okay. uh, but I, I'll tell you what prompted this. My, my wife visited, uh, we visited with the kids her, her grandfather's grave the other day. Uh. And I, I stopped to think to myself, I have never once been, other than at their burial, to my grandparents' graves. And I was, I was extremely close with my grandparents, my mother's father in particular. Uh, I've gone and visited their old house. I've, I go. We've gone out east at least four or five times since we've been here to the Hamptons where we used to hang out with them. And, and on the north shore of Long Island. The question to you guys is: do, do you do you go to grave sites? Do you believe in that? Do you think that it means anything? Do you not necessarily? Do you think that the person's presence is there? But more like, I don't know. Is it something that you do? I'll ask Abe first. I can't see you sitting at a tombstone visiting I, someone. I, you know,
0: I I was gonna start out by saying nobody that close to me, but I did have close friends who have passed away. You know, I'm trying to think of like my wife, God forbid, passes away before me, which is highly unlikely. Uh, <laughs> her, genet- her genetics are way better than mine. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I, I, I might be compelled just for spiritual reasons to go and, and and physically visit once a week. I could see myself doing that.
3: But have you done that to anyone in your life that's passed?
0: No, no, I have not to date.
3: Uh, Adam, I already know the answer. That's no. You don't go to see the people while they're alive, usually. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. You would. You haven't gone to a, uh, a grave site to visit someone, I, have you? I
0: did go visit when I one of my trips to the Middle East. I went with my dad to go visit my grandfather's.
3: Did
0: you thing, know your grandfathers? I, my well, I my 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 dad's father passed away when I was very young. I was probably like ten years oldish. Okay. Uh, but I knew him very well. I mean, he was he was a great manager. Man of stature, big dude. Um, in fact, that's where I get my size from because if you look at my father and my brother, they're not big people. Um, um, my grandmother lived a very long time. I, I after that, I, I visited her once or twice while I was still living here in Florida before she passed. And my mother, but they lived overseas. My mother's grandparents were here in Chicago, and we saw them once a week, like literally. My dad, my dad once a week would drive us down to see my mom's family, which is like an hour drive, like almost once a week. Yeah, uh, he was very. See, we did the same stuff.
3: thing with my grandparents. They yeah, were they were a regular about, part of my life.
0: Yeah, they were very. And, and, and growing up as a kid, when my parents both ran the grocery, a little convenience store they had, I spent a lot. I, I would spend days at yeah. my grandpa's, um, and they both. I was in Florida. I'd already moved away from Chicago and they both died in the same year. Um it was right around when I was starting to date my wife, so almost 20 years ago now. Jeez, yeah. So um yeah, about 18 years ago. So yeah, so but I haven't been to Chicago when I have gone, I haven't went to their grave. So okay. but but I could feel myself compelled to want to do it if my if it was my wife, maybe, you know.
3: What about you, Coop?
2: So the answer is no. I haven't gone to uh, cemeteries. I haven't lost a lot of loved ones, but I, I have lost some. Um, but I'll say this: you know, my grandfather who died 38 years ago. There's not a day I don't think about him. Uh, my kids know every story about my grandfather, and um, so much to the point, my wife's actually documented those stories, so mm-hmm. they live on. So, so it's not like I haven't forgotten about my grandfather. I just haven't physically gone to the cemetery.
3: Right, and that that was kind of my my thing. I've never gone to their cemetery plots but I you know I tell stories about them all the time I, I feel like they're they're still their stories are still a part of my life but it kind of made no, me feel yeah. a little bit guilty
0: I, I like to have make like monuments like like for Sal you know we have a whole wall mm-hmm. in right. one of my stores would be playing my other my original partner who passed away and another great mentor and a dear friend of mine who passed away there's a I don't know I'm gonna say it's about 18 by 20 by 60, 20 by 14 framed picture of him with
3: I've seen it. dialogue I've
0: seen it. that's in every one of my stores and right above my desk. I mean, I'm looking at him now, Harry. So I, 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 I guess I kind of incorporate it, you know, when they're important to me, where I don't have to go. I mean, look, look at the picture right above my desk, Dylan. That's Is that my boy sour? Sal. Okay, that's there Sal. you go. Um. Yeah, and I literally got Sal to my left and Harry to my right. So I mean, I guess I incorporate it where, you know, maybe going to a graveyard, you know, is kind of really a redundant thing, but, you know, I, 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 I think it was my wife. I may want, I may do it. I might, I can't, you know, can't say it was someone, you know, who I talked to every single day of my life and all my in-depth secrets, you know, I think that might get lost. So maybe hey, a hey,
4: you want to hear something, you want to hear something fun. So, uh, unrelated, but also related. So I still have Sal's toothpick case in my car door. Wow. And I've had probably, you know, four cars since he's passed, but it's it's something that he left in my in my car. And and every time I've had a new car, I've always carried Sal's toothpick
0: case and, and kept it in my door. We we do we do stuff like that as you beings. I had a regular his name was Jersey Paul. Nobody in my company would even remember Jersey Paul. But he was a regular in my first location 24 years ago. And he was a big cigar smoker. He would come in. He was a really good guy. You know, eccentric Jersey guy. Um, but just nice fella. And um, he would, he I guess, wasn't allowed to smoke cigarettes. But he'd always have a green pack of American spirits. And we had this little coffee table with drawers. And he would just leave it in there. He, I guess, you know, never take it home. But when he'd come in, if he felt in the mood of a cigarette, he'd crack it open. I'm talking like... Seven years after he passed away, we opened that drawer and it was still there. We just left it there. <laughs> and it's been there forever. I mean, it's just like his pack of cigarettes. No one's moving that pack of cigarettes from that drawer, you know? So, yeah, it's 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 nuts. We do stuff like that. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting. Wow, Paul, way you bring the show down. Oh. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm <laughs> morbid with <was> that? <laughs> <laughs> oh.
1: Anyway, let's see this week who belongs in a cigar in Asylum. Oh, God, I'm not ready.
0: Of course you're not. Never. I didn't read this. <laughs> I, di- I didn't read this yet, so I have no idea what I'm reading. I hope it's good. By the way... I, I, the f- oh,
3: i got to mute it now. <laughs> okay. Here it comes. Welcome to Cigar Asylum. Did you know I'm utterly insane? We all go a little mad sometimes.
0: Where logic and reason cease to exist.
3: <laughs> okay, go ahead,
0: before I get into the same time, um, funniest story I heard this is Did anybody hear the story about, I think it's either Australia or New Zealand Domino's? No. They had a promotion. If your name was Karen, you got a discount. <laughs> right. So if your real name was Karen and you came out, you got a discount. You know, they had to kill that promotion. It's true, true story. You know why they had to kill the promotion?
3: Too many Karen. Too many people.
0: The Karens were offended.
3: <laughs> oh, <man.
0: laughs> they came in, they came in, and they started such a complaint and how offended they were by it, they stopped the promotion. So talk about living up to your name. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> you got $5 off of a pizza and you're complaining. Thanks, Karen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ruining it for all the great Karens out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, this week, let's see who belongs in a Cigar and Sale Asylum. A man in Brainerd, Florida, woke up to something we can all admit we've thought about in fear. Someone broke into his house. The man woke up from a deep sleep, believing he was being robbed. However, <laughs> here's where the story takes a turn for the bizarre. In his tired state, the man realized someone was at his feet, not stealing his treasures, but sucking on his toes. <laughs> <laughs> he told the intruder he had no money or anything of value in the house and the intruder proceeded to tell the homeowner that he was merely there to suck his toes. That's all. Is this a true story?
3: Yeah. it was. I, it's from a, a legitimate website. I snoped it.
0: Oh my god. That's when the man punched the accused toe sucker and forced him outside, according to investigators. While the two brawled, the man who sucked the toes told the other man he had a gun and that he had a gun, and he tried to fondle him. The man continued to hit the intruder for about 30 seconds before running inside and calling 911. Deputy said, at this point, the intruder broke out of the front window of the home, stomped on the other man's car's windshield until it broke. The toe sucker is still at large. <laughs> Congratulations, Mr. Toe Sucker. You are definitely this week's inductee into the cigar. A sane asylum. Holy <laughs> Allison-
3: Allison said it was Juan Cancel. <laughs> it,
0: it was either that or it was, it was Quentin sucking on uh, Kevin's toes.
3: Oh, boy. Oh, wow. wow.
0: Yeah, you know, Quentin's got a big man crush on uh, big old Kevin. Does he really? Oh, yeah. It's like noted. It's like public information. It's got a huge man crush. I, I think wow. it might exceed Ma- uh, Adam's man crush for uh, Matt Booth.
3: Okay, that, that's saying something, man.
0: That's, that's that's real. That's a real deep level right there.
3: I gotta <laughs> up. Uh, I gotta up my game apparently.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your man crush uh, traits are, are on a low compared to Quentin, my friend. Sorry. Uh,
3: my my local cigar retailer that I was telling you about has the biggest man crush on Terrence. Riley from, from Aganorsa. Yeah, like he has a picture of him.
0: More than Jeff Groover has a man crush on him.
3: I don't know, it might be. This guy had a picture of him and Terrence together in the shop. No other manufacturer, no other it's not like he's got pictures on the walls of like him and manufacturers. It's a it's he just and he didn't have it hanging up, he just had it like printed. Him and Terrence. It was hey, weird. Coop,
0: hey Coop, are you guilty of anybody having a man crush on you?
2: Yeah, I've answered this one for one cancel too. You guys are gonna laugh at me. Go
0: ahead. Uh Dave Savanna. Oh, he's got a man crush on you? No, I got a man crush on him. Oh, oh. you got a man crush? Really, Dave Savona? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who Dave honestly, is. Honestly, you can say what you want about hold those on, guys. If on, I could on. ever hold on, yeah. you, you, you putz, don't know who it is. You've been texting with him the last three days.
3: Oh, 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 okay. I didn't know that was his last name. You didn't give me his last name. It's it's in the it's in the contact. Dave Savona. I don't think it is. I'll yeah, uh, double it check, is. But, all right. So from from uh, Cigar Aficionado.
0: Yeah, Dave Savona refuses to do a KMA episode.
3: I didn't want to say it out loud. He didn't I'll refuse. He was he was political about it. He said, you know, "I don't you know." Have I text,
0: time. I, I, wait, I texted him back because when he wants something from me, he he texts me or emails me all the time, and I respond to him like this always, yeah. right? And I like the the article they just released, which I thought was an interesting article. How COVID? Yeah, it was a good article. It was a good article. And I said, Dave. I said you should come on KMA. I said, "This is a great content. We should discuss this. Right? Get a little more in depth about it." He goes, "I can make that happen." So I put him together with Paul. Then he told Paul, "He can't do it." I circled his text screenshot. I can make that happen. I sent back to him, "I said, what What's going on?" So he claims he claims it's a Saturday morning thing. So I said, "Okay, we'll we'll just do a pre record on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You let us know." I haven't heard back from him yet. We'll see. Yeah. You, I did, you I you did, I didn't think it was so scary to be on KMA radio.
3: I think he's not allowed.
0: Uh, I, I wasn't going to go that far, but we'll see.
3: <laughs>
2: you ever hear the expression on the Bible, when before the Rooster Crows, uh, three times today, you will disown me three times, or, uh, deny yeah. me three times? Yes. So every time, I believe me, I hear from people complain about aficionado on this, and I, and I always say, before I always say before the Rooster Crows, once, you, you will post something positive about cigar aficionado. It's, and it was whenever they're mentioned in a magazine. Like everyone will fix me about it, but <laughs> believe me. So if you ever see me post a rooster on Facebook under something with Cigar Aficionado, you know that that person's complained to me. That's funny. Yeah. Do you actually do yeah. that? Oh yeah. Oh,
0: well, I
3: know I'm done gonna it. look for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I've done it. Yes. <laughs> You'll see Dave, it. <laughs> Dave Savona is your man crush. Wow. Yeah, listen, All right. uh, just, well, let's, let's let's take me. turns. Paul, yeah. who's your man crush?
3: I don't know that I have a man crush. I, I I guess I, I mean, do, does it have to be a person that I know, or could it be a celebrity?
0: No, anybody. Who's your man I would
3: say Howard Stern. Then I mean, I, I, lo- I love Howard Stern. I, I've yeah. seen him in person a couple times, and, and I was supposed to be introduced to him by a mutual acquaintance, and I was too nervous. It's the only celebrity I've ever been too nervous to meet. I don't know why. He's he's one of my heroes, so I just wow. I, I figured it would ruin it for me. There's a there's a huge rock star that. Uh, I was a big fan of and and the few times that I've met him in person, which I've been fortunate enough to meet him five or six times. It, it was always ruined. So I'm afraid to meet Howard Stern to ruin that that image for me. <laughs> All right. Well,
0: we'll skip Adam since we know he's not human. Uh, Dylan, Adam a man crush you know, I, like I to admit on I've air. Ever,
4: I, I think this is the first time I ever thought of this.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Man, Tom Brady. Sports guy? Okay, yeah. Yeah. that's acceptable.
4: Yeah. I mean, guy's married to a
0: Victoria's <laughs> Secret model. He's got the tiger DNA. <laughs> tiger DNA. Yeah. I guess, I, I mean, I don't know if this qualifies as a man crush, because I'm not really sure I understand psychologically what a man crush is, but there's always somebody I would just say, that if I could just meet him for 30 minutes, I would love to have just 30 minutes, an hour, maybe a lunch, just to talk to him. It'd be Gordon Ramsay. Oh hmm. yeah, that would be interesting. He just—he just the epitome of somebody who just strives for perfection. And is in the details, and I find I like people who also know how to inspire other people, which he seems to be good at. I—I just—I <laughs> I, I just, I just um—I—I I, I, that's a guy who always comes to my head. I would love to sit down. I know Paul's going to say oh, he's an asshole. You know he's an asshole. I, I know <laughs> I know Bobby in Brooklyn who knows Betty and Billy Bob. No, I've—I don't know anybody
3: that's met Gordon Ramsay. I don't, don't know apple. Gordon Ramsay. I can see you oh, face. I don't agree with his great. management style sometimes, but... Oh, everybody doesn't agree with my management style, I'll tell you that. You're very similar to him.
0: Well, that's why I wanted. To, would love to talk with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess that would be mine, so that's that. Well, anyways, Dylan, thanks for taking uh, time off on your uh, Saturday and morning and having a, uh, a nice uh, conversation with us. And Coop, as always, your contributions to the show are always paramount. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity as always. Thank you. And I guess. Hey, look. Thank you. The the impossible. I mean, I never thought it would happen. I'm invited on Coop's show.
2: Yes. Oh, really?
0: Can I say that that yet? Or did I just. Yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, I actually got the invitation to be on uh, an episode of uh, Coop's show. When is it going to happen? August 20th. Yeah. So so what do you have to block out?
3: Coop, you got to block out six hours?
0: Yeah, about that. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I, I I I know I know
0: I have arrived now.
2: <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm still hunting Dylan though. Dylan's not up the hook either. So. <laughs>
3: hey, I'm, uh,
2: let me know when, Coop. All right. Hey, we appreciate. It. Yeah, we'll get you.
3: Coop, no, if, we... if you want me to book him for you, I, you know I can take care of it for you. Oh, if you, need, if you need a real producer. Paul, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, Paul, you can't even book oh, oh. anybody for next week. Oh, I have somebody for next week. I'm waiting on an answer from. I, do you want me to talk well, about yeah. this on the air? No, don't you don't want me to talk about this on the air, so I can't. I can't say why I, we can't and, announce and, the person. In in yeah. essence, you basically have. So why don't you just move on? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> thanks, Coop. <Bill.
0: laughs>
3: oh.
1: Anyway, I feel like that's a good time to end the show. We hope everybody's <laughs> enjoyed uh, today's show. Dylan, thanks for being here, buddy. It's been a pleasure. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, really appreciate so, it. Coop, we will definitely talk to you next week. Uh, we don't. We will definitely put out this sometime next week. Who's going to be our guest, and hopefully we all survive the hurricane? Till then, and as always, stay safe, wash your hands, and keep it lit.